five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, and we are in the holy city of Jerusalem, believe it or not, after an amazing week on the air. And I want to thank uh, both Mayor Ferdig and Matis Weingast for taking care of things during my absence and an amazing week off the air. Last night, the incredible Hachnasa Sefer Torah, the beautiful Torah dedication uh, of the uh, NSN Torah of Unity being given, being presented to Nefesh Benefesh in memory of the great Barry Lieben, who many of you, of course, remember. Uh, so off the air, we've had an incredible week. On the air, an incredible week. And now we really step things up because today is Giving Thursday. Today is Giving Thursday. One wonders, and I know my voice is not 100% yet, but we're getting there. One wonders, how does the Malcolm Siegel Network exist? One wonders, how do we have the ability to broadcast a 24-hour schedule six days a week and make sure that our programming is disseminated throughout the entire world? People ask that question. And the answer, of course, is the listener support that we have, the incredible listener support that we have on a regular basis so that we can keep on going, so that we can um, uh, present this great radio broadcast and many others throughout the day and throughout the week. So we're calling it Giving Thursday because this year my commitment, and I mentioned this to uh, Ralph Rosenbaum. Where, do you know where Ralph Rosenbaum is? No, he doesn't have to come in yet. He doesn't have to come in yet. I'm just, I'm just mentioning to our audience so they have a point of reference that I mentioned to Ralph Rosenbaum uh, months ago. I said to him, I have this idea. I have a concept. Last year, we did our day of giving on a Tuesday. It was done on Long Island. Big Jewish community on Long Island. Big following on Long Island. A lot of people over there that uh, are very interested in our programming on a daily basis. But I said, this year, I have a different vision. And that is that we should start our year-end fundraiser in the holy city of Jerusalem. Could you imagine? How did I have this epiphany? I don't know. But somehow and at some time, it just dawned on me that what a great concept it would be to utilize this week when we're in Jerusalem to actually kick off our 5783 campaign. And here we are with Chief of Staff Yigal Siegel, with Avrami. Wow, all three of us are in the actual same country at the same time. How do you like that? Uh, Avrami is, of course, monitoring everything that we're doing and very excited about Giving Thursday. We saw Avrami last night. He could not contain his excitement about Giving Thursday. And broadcast engineer extraordinaire Mr. Moshe Dawoodi, who I have referred to as broadcast engineer extraordinaire tens of times in his career over at Radio Coldplay. This is the first time we get to work face-to-face. We get to work across the table from each other with the inspiration of people like ZK and other wonderful engineers that we've worked with in the past. In fact, I woke up ZK. <laughs> I woke up ZK. For those of you wondering what goes on before this show begins, I woke up ZK to go through an emergency situation with him. But I must say, between him and the people here at Nefesh Benefesh, everything worked out fine to get us on the air on time. So thank you for that. Uh, but Moshe Dawoodi is here, and we, have a, we actually have a studio audience Listener Sina is here. Her wonderful daughter has come along just to see what's happening here in the center of Nefesh Benefesh's, what is this, first floor or second floor? Where are we? Do you have any idea? <laughs> is it the first floor? First floor of Nefesh Benefesh? Bottom floor? This is the ground floor. This is the ground floor. And, this, and that's the setup. People are always wondering, especially tuned in right now, they're wondering, what does it look like? What is, what's it like? I mean, now the truth is, knowing listener Sina and, and Chairman Ralph, 
chances are they're going to be taking pictures and they're going to be posting photos on Facebook and showing people this is where Nahum's broadcasting from. The power of radio imagination is completely out the window because they're going to be they're going to be breaking that wall and showing people exactly what's happening. But that's the reality of 2022. That's the reality. And there's another reality. You know what that reality is? That we need support in order to continue. We need support to make sure that every single day we are bringing you JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. So I turn to my chief of staff, who's sitting in front of me, and he is going to be shocked that I'm, at, that I'm asking this question because, after all, uh, he, would, he would assume that I have all the latest information. I have all the latest information regarding the fundraiser. But I'll ask the chief of staff, how do people support us? What is the best way for people to go ahead and support our broadcast? I'm assuming it's fjbunity.org. That's what I'm assuming. Go to fjbunity.org, and you literally could be the first, uh, among the first, of the uh, donors for this season, for the 5783 campaign. You could be among the first. <coughs> there we go. Chief of Staff Rabbi Yigal Siegel, welcome <coughs> to the welcome to the uh, Avira, welcome well, to the airwaves. Welcome to Israel now. Do we say that when it's airwaves? Do we say Avira? We have a different word. What's the Lavir? We say Avir. So, oh, la so I'm saying welcome to the welcome to the avir. airwaves. It would be it would be to see that's a that's a tough one to translate literally because nobody no, ever I says in radio say welcome avir. to the airwaves. I think they say avir. Is that yeah. what they say? Yeah. Is fjbunity.org the best way for people to support us throughout the day? That is, I mean, it's one of the easiest ways because people are so used to using fjbunity.org and then they click on donate and that goes straight to our uh, our Cause Match campaign page. All right. So you've explained it well. That is one of the easier ways to support our broadcast. There is a direct link. Can I give that direct link? A hundred percent, yeah. Very easy. Very, very easy. Ready? Causematch.com yeah. slash yeah. fjb22. <laughs> Causematch.com slash. Let's see if I was if I was able to commit <laughs> this to memory. If I was able to commit this to memory, slash FJB twenty two. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Causematch.com. Now that you're saying it, I was getting nervous. FJB twenty two. That's <laughs> is that the right one? <laughs> yes, so it. listen, everybody. You know, I mean, you know, I was I was telling Moshe Dawoodi a moment ago. I said, you know, I'm doing this for forty plus years. Yep. I'm doing this for forty plus years. We are, as I like to say, a a dependable um, entity. We are a proven commodity, as I've pointed out during every fundraiser that I've done over the last 40 years. We're a proven commodity here every single day from 6 to 9 Eastern time. Um, thankful that I was able to sleep a little later today because I didn't have to be up at 6 a.m. Eastern, uh, mm -hmm. at 6 a.m. Israeli time. Mm -hmm. But we're on the air 6 a.m. Eastern time, and I was reminded of that when I woke up ZK this morning, completely forgetting that he, that he, <laughs> that he would be sleeping. Um, so we're here every single morning. Then on top of that, we have incredible programming that goes on throughout the day, especially on a day like today, on a Thursday. We have really interesting programming that's being presented on a daily basis on our network, and that goes on around the clock. All we need is people to do – what is it? We, All have, we, we have donations already. Oh, thank God. All we need is for people to do what they need to do to keep us going. For some people, that may be an $18 donation. For some people, it may be an $1,800 donation. For some people, it might be a, I don't know, let's, Yigal, why don't you just give us a number? Give us a number. It might be a $216 a donation. 200, what a random number, <laughs> $216 donation. Which is the, the, the donation we just received. Uh, a big thank you to David Pearl, which is done in memory of Dovben Svi Hirsch, Frida Bas Yitzchak, Isaac, and Mayor Ben Yechezkel Yehuda. I think I have that correct. 
And I, a big thank you on that. And there, there is a – seen. I'm so out of fundraising mode because we haven't done this in about 10 months. Yeah. And I'm, I, I can't even recall the 216. There, there is some significance to number 216, correct? Or am I wrong about that? It's, it's a high times 12, I believe. That's it. So 12 times high. No. Is it 11? 11 times high? 180. Uh, what are, no, it's 12, 12, 12. Right, 12 times high. So thank you for that 12 times high donation. Um, thank you for remembering your loved ones during that donation. And uh, let's see. If someone else would want to give 12 times high, they could do it in honor of the 12 tribes of Israel. They could do it in honor of a dozen eggs. They could do it in honor of what else? What else could people do the 12 for? Uh, no, I'm just thinking of movies. Are there, any, <laughs> are, are there any other significant 12s in Jewish life? Are there any other significant 12s besides the Shvatim? Is there anything else that you could think of that would bat be? Bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Very good. There would be any woman, by the way, who was once bat mitzvah. Exactly. It doesn't have to be in Correct. honor of any woman who's over 12. Correct. It could be in honor of their bat mitzvah. Yeah, I like the way you think. I like the <laughs> way you are thinking. Fundraising mode now. Fundraising mode. Fundraising mode is right. By the way, with that in mind, I want to thank our chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum. No, no, no. We're not bringing him in yet. <laughs> I want to thank our chairman, Ralph Rosenbaum, because he again has thought of uh, a, a reason to support us for the 5783 season. He again has thought of a reason to support us. Because I, I pointed out last night, there are certain people who just find every excuse to support our work. Now, I was not. Um, I was not, um, uh, I have not yet shared with you the text I received from Ralph after last night's event. I have not shared that with you. But I will tell you. Did he say something about my tie? No, he didn't say anything <laughs> about your tie. <laughs> okay, but he did, he, did, he did allude to the fact that he was so taken by last night's event in Yerushalayim and the fact that we're broadcasting here today that he basically is ready to support any of our initiatives. That's basically what he said. So... And, and I and I have and I have the proof. I have the written proof. I have the I, I have the actual text that he said. Even if he de- let me ask you a question: on How telephones work? If he would delete that from his phone, would it still be on mine? I'm just curious. I mean, <laughs> you have to save it somewhere else. I think. Can, was it a WhatsApp or? A- oh, I I better figure out a way to do that immediately. <laughs> anyway, send it to me. Send it to me. So also also B Rosenbaum might be tuned in right now. Oh, that's right. Listener B might be tuned in. And if listener B is listening, chairwoman, that that's correct. And if she's listening, she may also have something to say regarding supporting this program. And knowing her, she'd be enthusiastic about it. Um, anyway, so that's the story. The story is Giving Thursday is kicking off our year-end campaign. We, whenever we do a year-end campaign, we always come up with a date. It could be one day. It could be a week. We, and it always ends up being December 31st. So we just said, <laughs> you know what? We'll give everyone till the end of the year to yeah, support but us. December 31st this year, I noticed, by the way. I don't know if we did yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Shabbos. <gasps> Ooh. So, so that means that December Friday. December 30th. Really. That yeah. Friday. 4 p.m. Eastern time. Wow. Now, if I'm in Israel that week, because uh, there's a rumor flying that I might be in Israel that week. Really? Yeah, if I'm in Israel that week, can I reserve your home to do the final hour of the fundraiser? 100%. On the 30th of... Uh, that won't interrupt with your preparations for Shabbos? No, I don't think so. It won't, <laughs> it won't have any effect whatsoever. <laughs> I have to speak to uh, Rabbanit Rivka Segal. Speak to Rabbanit Segal <laughs> and see what she says about that, because we may need that. If, if it works out that I'm in Israel, right. and it works out... If you want. Is that necessary? Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, no, no, we... No. no, we want them to hear. No, we want to involve everyone. Um, Nefesh Nefesh the great Yael Katzman, by the way, I would applaud louder, but people are working around <laughs> here and they're wondering why are people applauding in the middle of the work <laughs> environment. Um, I'd like to know who's regretting the fact that uh, that we're broadcasting from here. I think there are a bunch of people right now. now. Really? <laughs> that's, that's the vibe. But, but 
It's good. It's good. Maybe we should bring all of them on the air, and I'll. Now, once they see everybody fast come in in a few minutes, I hope. Will be I fresh. hope. I hope that takes care of everything. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, so that's so. I've given you a good background to the typical person who's who's appreciative of we do, of what we do here on a daily basis. I used Ralph as an example. Mm-hmm. He and his wife B, big supporters and people who just keep encouraging us. And now, anybody who's an early morning listener. Who, was say, who had said to themselves last Tuesday, wait a second, Giving Tuesday? Isn't it time for Giving Tuesday for Nahum Siegel and JMN? No, we waited till we're in Jerusalem for Giving Thursday. And that's why I want people to go to that website, fjbunity.org, or CauseMatch, don't tell me, causematch.com slash fjb22. Excellent. Go to either one, hop aboard, um, commit yourself to something, and eventually we'll get to the goal. Won't be today, but eventually we'll get to that goal. You know it. Our listeners never, ever disappoint us. Simple as that. Anyway, um, even though it's giving, t- it's giving Thursday, we didn't want to use the opportunity here in, uh, in Jerusalem. We didn't want to uh, give up the opportunity to speak to some uh, great guests. It's one of the reasons, by the way, that I mentioned to you that I wanted to do this day here in Jerusalem because right. we could show people that we have that with a presence in Jerusalem, we have the potential to really get some great guests on the air. A couple of members of the media are supposed to join us today. Correct. One of the members of city government is going to be joining us today. That's Rabbi right. Fass, you mentioned, of course. A couple other rabbis are, are scheduled to be with us as well. Um, we may actually speak to someone from the Jewish music world who's always in touch with us, but I never get a chance to actually invite him into our studio because he's always in Israel, so we may, get, may ha- have that. Um, you never know. You never know who's going to join us. You never know what may happen here. That's why it's been for 40 years. You never know what's going to happen next to this program. I, yeah. That's why we fit so well into that whole free-form genre, because you never know what's going to happen next. I could toss somebody on the air who did not expect to be on the air, who did not expect to be part of the show today, and I could just toss them on the air and, and have an impromptu conversation with them. You never know. See this gentleman right here? I could literally, I could literally schlep him into the studio. And just conduct a conversation. And I, think I, I don't think he speaks English, so <laughs> it'll be a great that's conversation. That's one of the problems with broadcasting from Jerusalem. <laughs> Only one of the problems. Because you never know. Is that person going to be able to, to uh, communicate with our listeners or not? Anyway, a little review. Obviously, I'll do some with her right fast. But I, first, I have to thank you. because I, and, I, and I thanked you publicly last night. Uh, you have been such an important element in everything that we've done. It's funny because you always say to me that I get some of the credit for you living in Israel. Not some of the credit. Not some of the credit? I would say most. Wow. Thank you. I tell people that uh, because I worked for you and you allowed me to move to Israel, so then I was able to, you know, to move my family. And I would give my myself family. a round of applause, but I don't want to disrupt the, the <laughs> office situation around here right now. But then I tell people that, you know, our mother, may she rest in peace, she probably would have been upset if you fired me. So, <laughs> so, this so is from a, a very special listener. Just pledged. Uh, pledged something? something. Um, I'll get to it in a second. Very hard for me to focus on two things at once. Um, So what was I just telling you? That how great I am. Right. So (laughs) I get, as you said, some of the credit for you making all that. You get some of the credit for what has happened here for the last, I don't know, what are we working together, 20 years or so? Right, for everything that's developed over the last 20 years. So it's good that we are able to um, share in each other's successes. But as I said last night, last night's event, you get a big piece of the credit. I was in the United States. You were here with the party planner, the great Mrs. Neema Borowski, who did a superb job uh, taking care of everything. 
taking care of everything with everybody here at Nefesh for Nefesh, taking care of everything that had to be, you know, every detail had to be taken care of. And that's not easy, especially in dealing with me, somebody who cannot relate to what's happening 6,000 miles away. I can never, you know, it's, it's, I need to be somewhere in order to work on something, uh, to be able to work on that project. So I want to thank you for that. You're very welcome. And, um, and it was really an inspiring, wonderful evening that brought out a lot of people we haven't seen in a long time, a lot of old friends, some relatives as well. And, um, and as, I s- as I spoke to Cindy Lieben late, late last night and got her review of the evening, she was watching it all on YouTube, it, it was just a total home run. She felt that we had just encapsulated Barry so well and, it, and explained why this is the perfect place for his Torah to be so well. And I just was so happy about that entire thing. So you and I, from different angles, can take great pride in what happened here yesterday. 100%. Um, so we have a donation, a 10 times high donation, which I think means we're already at uh, 0.5% of our goal. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we have a... 0.5? Is it 0.5? Let's ask Ralph. He's the accountant. Yeah, Ralph, where are you up to? 10 times high in honor of Nahum and Yigal Siegel and their families, Yasher Kochachem. And that comes from listener Panina in Petach Tikva. Oh, my gosh. Who has, who has dug deep... And tossed 180 smackers into our big coffer. And I want to thank her for that. Wow. And a big thank you to her and her husband, Mark. And that's besides raising you. And the entire Abid family. <laughs> and yes, she does get some of the credit for raising me. So <laughs> if, if she likes the way I've turned out, she's got to be thankful for the way that, uh, uh, that the way things went years ago. <laughs> that's uh, our older sister, everybody, if you're wondering about the inside joke. Anyway, so um, I can't believe this. Oh, 120. I thought it was 130 already. And I'm like, wow, oh we're gosh. already up to, you know, very fast. It's only 120. So we have, we have a few minutes to remind people that it's very, very important to keep us going here at JM Name and the Nahum Siegel Network. You know, it's funny. Actually, with you, Chief of Staff Yigal here, it's a good idea to, to mention this now. Um, we had a very successful campaign when the studio burnt down, Baruch Hashem. People generously responded. Very responsive. And, very, of, and very of course, very. people... I continue to ask me about progress, and um, I've never said this officially on the air, but today's a good day to say it. The goal is, and we're working very hard toward that goal, is to have a studio in New York City, our old location, which is being rebuilt as we speak, mm-hmm. to have a studio in Teaneck, New Jersey, which is where we've been broadcasting from temporarily, and now we're moving into a more permanent space in Teaneck. And I am hoping that today will be the first day that we could actually declare that the intention is to have our third studio in Jerusalem, Israel. Wow. And that would make us a true, I mean, we're already an international entity, but this would make us a true international entity with having presence, real presence, in those three locations, New York, New Jersey, and, uh, and Jerusalem. So um, that's the goal for people who are wondering, you know, do, do, do they need additional funds? Are things, you know, moving on? Yeah, we, we continue to grow and we continue to you know, have our day-to-day expenses in addition to that growth that, we're, that we are experiencing. So we want everyone to, to be as generous as possible. Give what you can, 180, 216, 1800, <laughs> 1712, <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> Where did you come up with 1712? I don't know, but I was just thinking that knowing Shlemy Ash, he may toss in yeah. $17.12 <laughs> because that's been his, his uh, minig for the last 40 years. But no matter what you give, it's Giving Thursday. No pressure to give today because you have till the end of the year, obviously, <laughs> right? Taxes till the end of the year. We could ask Ralph that question as well. Uh, but, uh, but hey, it's Giving Thursday. Wouldn't you want your 
donation, your contribution to be noted today. That's right. On, on a day Thursday. of giving, on Giving Thursday. And it's so easy to give. It's really so easy with, uh, with uh, going to sjbunity.org and click the Donate button. What is it about this Internet thing that's made life so much easier? Explain that to me. I don't know. They, they seem to have my credit card on file. <laughs> the internet that's that's how easy it is <laughs> i know it's terrible it's a little scary but uh i was listening to a uh, comedian one day about a week ago and he said something about um th- th- it's something about certain communities buy less online and he said yeah because those communities have slower internet and i'm like no, that's, that's <laughs> actually not such a crazy point you know <laughs> so the problem we have is our internet is super super speedy that's the problem <laughs> so you know can things get done like that um, I'm looking for something. I just don't know what. <coughs> Excuse me. A drink. I'm going to take a little drink. I've not gotten over this, whatever it is I have. Well, you've uh, been traveling. It's the. Oh, is that it? You haven't had a tra- chance to rest in the last few, few days. It's the traveling? I think so. Those who are tuned in from the Amudim organization, don't panic. I have till Sunday morning to get my voice totally back. <laughs> so don't panic. Hopefully, hopefully that Sunday morning and then wrap up on Monday night will... You know, this voice will cooperate with all that. Let's hope. Let's hope. Anyway, see what happens with that. Um, but we are, not yet. We are looking forward to it. That's for sure. Um, it's funny. Whenever I'm in fundraising mode, I'm, I'm I'm always thinking I have to announce a phone number. That's what I'm always thinking. But there is no phone number. There's anymore. no phone number anymore. Now it's literally fjbunity.org. Now it's literally causematch.com slash fjb22. Oh, so at least there are two numbers in there, you could say. Thank God. There's no, <laughs> there's no phones ringing in the background. Remember the sound yeah, of Yeah, the sound of phones. Matis yelling at you from the... Yeah. Yelling at you. Matis would never yell. I would never yell. I was the one always yelling at Matis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the association with yelling with Matis. It's you yelling at him. And I had an opportunity right, last days. night to thank Matis and our staff... Uh, he and Mayor Fertig, of course, sat in this week, and Mark Zomek working very hard. I strongly, strongly suggest that people tune into the Arab Shabbos show tonight, oh. starting at 7 p.m. Eastern you, time. You know, Eastern time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You know, and of course, tomorrow it'll be repeated twice. You know, one of the most famous psukim of this week's parsha. There's a singer. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can't do this. He's going to kill me. He's gonna, don't do it. Yeah, he's going to kill me. I'm telling everybody, listen to the Arab Shabbos show tonight, and then tomorrow morning, assuming the plane lands on time and I'm able to be part of JM and the AM, tomorrow morning I'm also going to play what he's going to play during tonight. So off the air, I'll tell you, but it's really, for those of you who love Jewish music, it's really, really cool. Okay. Something happened, and it happened Dafka this week. So. All right. Oh, oh my gosh! I can't, can't get the over, anticipation. Can't get over like all the excitement, Frank. Oh, that's what I was looking for. I wanted to go through some of these for a second, just to make sure there's nothing I have to um, remind everybody about. I do want to take this opportunity to thank. Uh, I mentioned the Ima Borowski, who's a great party planner here in Israel. So anybody who's planning an event, contact me, Nachum at NachumSiegel.com. I'll give you the lowdown. I'll let you know just how great she is as a party planner, even when you're six thousand miles away, because people are like. You could plan my bar mitzvah, you know, if if I'm here and yeah, I mean, she, and that's exactly she what she really, does. I mean, thank oh, you for the, thank you for the thank you. Yeah, but when you think about how flawlessly the event went last night and how everything and everything that you wanted was taken care of without any type of and I'll tell nervousness you or angst. <laughs> correct, and I'll, yeah, she's way too calm for me. And I'll tell you another thing. Here's yeah. a compliment that you'll appreciate. I always come up with ideas. At the last minute. 
including in this case. And I can't stand when a party planner says to me, no, that's not a good idea. Forget about it. She does the smart thing. What does she do? She says, I'm going to look into it. Right. And if it's doable and it works out timing-wise, et cetera, we're going to do it. If not, and, I, and then, of course, I'm like, okay, that's reasonable. You know that. So call like a vote. Anyway, so in addition, I want to thank Chaim Snow. Oh, Chaim Snow. Chaim right. Snow did our video. And I want to tell you something. When I'm sitting with Chaim Snow 20 years ago in his basement editing videos <laughs> and doing voiceovers <laughs> for him, I never thought we'd both be in Israel doing projects together. And he's so the great. greatest. And to work with him is so wonderful. He actually had his daughter working with him last yeah, night, which Rachel, was really cool. Yeah. That was really nice. Yeah, that was nice. And um, and who am I forgetting? So we had some great photographers. Tomer the photographer. <laughs> Tomer the photographer. <laughs> I, I don't know how to reach him. <laughs> so, so don't contact me about him. No, we can, we can find him. Can, he's around. really very good. And very pl- a very sweet guy. <laughs> he was very sweet and he was very enthusiastic. He was very enthusiastic <laughs> about the event, to say the least. Especially my granddaughter. I mean, he took oh, like really? a thousand pictures of my dear granddaughter. <laughs> Um, so anyway, big thank you to everybody who was part of it. It was really, really nice. It was great. Um, today's Giving Thursday. You know what Giving Thursday is? <laughs> what giving, is giving Thursday is the opportunity for everybody to say, you know what, Nahum Siegel, what you do every single day, what your staff does every single day is worth a few dollars. It's worth it. A few. It's worth 54. Oh. It's wow. worth 5,400. It's worth 25,000. I want to thank, wow. Unbelievable. Hello, hello to the Pollux. <laughs> hello to the Pollux. Um, Haley and Yoni Pollock, many of you are aware of the fact that Yoni is the host of After Further Review. Correct. Uh, which this week, no doubt, will completely destroy the New York Yankees for <laughs> signing Aaron Judge for nine years. I'm sure that they're going to be destroyed. Um, so anyway, Haley and Yoni have donated through Benjamin Siegel's page. Oh, here we go. This is going to be. I guess Yoni doesn't have a page this year. <laughs> not yet. yet. We'll that talk, Yoni. We're going to have to talk. <laughs> He's donating Ilunishma Shul Menachem Ben Harav Tuvia Yaakov and Ezra Tuvia Yaakov Ben Nisano Yitzchak, and that's a total of twenty times high. Wow! So a big thank you to the Pollocks. And it's funny, you know. Yesterday, someone said to me that um, you know there's so many staff members of ours who always spread the word about the fundraiser, and you'd think that if they're working for us and doing shows for us, you know, isn't that enough? Like, but no, they enthusiastically spread the word and want to see us. You know, continue as strong as possible. So that's a great example of that. And I want to thank Haley and uh, Yoni. And uh, we continue here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network on this Giving Thursday. And we're in Jerusalem. We are live in Jerusalem. Listener Cena's not in Florida today. She's in Jerusalem. Chairman Ralph is not in East Brunswick today. He's not at Giddy's today. He's not at Giddy's today. He had lunch somewhere else. He's not at Giddy's today. He's in Jerusalem. And the co-founder, the uh, the man in charge, no matter what I say about him, as last night proved, no matter what I say about him, it's going to be insufficient. No matter what I say about him, it's going to be, uh, that, was a, that, that was a gift I left for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> As I pointed out last night when he approached the podium, no matter what I say about him, it will be insufficient. No matter what I say, it will be a, um, it'll be a shortcoming, so to speak, uh, in terms of what he actually deserves, the accolades that he deserves. But nonetheless, with all that in mind, please welcome to the airwaves the one and only Rabbi Yehoshua Fass, who is, of course, the leader here at Nefesh Benefesh. I, I, I tend, for good reason, and I think to the delight of the listeners, I know this after 39 years. Yes. I tend to try to be as loud, as, you know, as spirited as possible when I do these shows. 
and I'm somewhat intimidated by the surroundings here because you have some very serious work going on. No joke. You have some really serious work going on. And I don't want to be either intimidating or, in, you know, or interfere with people who are trying to work. So I'm, I'm trying to keep a delicate balance here by fast. I'm in the center of activity. I don't know. Maybe well, the, the open door doesn't help. <laughs> I know, but but we need the open doors. It's, it's it's my only gateway to to what's happening out here. It, you know, normally I'm not used to people with their backs to me in front of the computers working diligently to help people move to Israel. That's not what I'm normally used to. Anyway, you're doing great. You're striking I, that perfect I hope, balance. I hope you're right. I wor- I worry about You'll myself. You'll start getting stares like I an hour and a half from now when America wakes up. Fully. <laughs> Um, so, yes, sir, before we talk about last night, and you are one of those people I could sit and speak with on the air for hours and hours, um, I like to think that my career is divided into sections, into segments, uh, for an early part of my career, very early on, I essentially took a college radio show and I transformed it to the broader community. That's basically what was going on. Requests that, I'm sorry, you have to sit through this history, but now I'm on it. You have no choice. This is a therapy re- session. Re- I'm requ- going to be re- sending, request, invoicing you at the end. <laughs> requests and dedications. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs. <laughs> you know, the, the, the latest on the collegiate seed, so to speak. Stuff that nobody really cared about. Oh, in fact, I have so many great examples. I won't waste your time. Then all of a sudden, this, this show took a very serious turn. And that was during the first Intifada. And the messaging became Israel. And what do I remember from that long period of time? And, and frankly, this period that I'm referring to really extended through the second Intifada. And I don't know the exact dates, but we could be talking about a period of 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. What I remember most about the role of this show was reminding people to buy Israel. B-U-Y. Buy Israel. And we would be at the center of these weekends where these boutiques would be set up in synagogues and schools throughout the community. Do you remember any of this? It was going on in Florida and California and other ones. And all these vendors would come in. And you were wondering whether you really were supporting the <laughs> the artist in Svat when you were or someone at Passe <laughs> you were or buying, when, you, when you were buying the products from Svat. And you were wondering when you had the Dead Sea creams if you were really supporting that guy. You put stickers at, on Made at, in China. At the, the Dead Sea, or were you supporting the guy who's distributing it in Connecticut? You know, like you just didn't know. But but, you know, psychologically it was a very important thing to bridge that gap between the diaspora and Israel. And in that, and at that time, it was through purchasing. And of course, the the I, mean, I can't even call this a subtext to it. It's really the main text was security. Was what what are we going to do about our brothers and sisters and what they're going through in Israel? And that messaging lasted a long time. And but parenthetically, you shouldn't underestimate the the buy Israel because it made things a bit tangible or digestible to a hundred percent hold something. I and came off very cynical. I didn't mean to come off that cynical. I, I was actually m- trying to make the point you just made that you know w- we weren't a hundred percent sure about what everything was, you know, where it was going. What it, but but it was such an important connection for everybody, a hundred percent. And yeah, the tangible aspect to it is was so vital. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> and as all this is going on, there's so much local community stuff going on. Ches said it has to be done, and reminding people that you know we must care one for the other, etc. And that has continued all the way until today. But there is a message that started 
um, years ago that now has completely accelerated. I'm not here today, Rabbi Fass, to announce that we are that we have a 100% presence in the city of Jerusalem. Although I think you would be, uh, I think you would be um, amenable to 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 me mentioning to the audience that it's our intention to actually have a permanent facility here in Jerusalem at a future time. But I'm not here to do that. I am here to say that we have entered a brand new stage. And that brand new stage is accelerated Aliyah messaging. We've been talking about Aliyah for 20 years, you and I. We've been talking about the importance of people moving to Israel for a long time. But now, between the, the incredible enthusiasm that the youth has in the United States for Israel, I see it amongst my own children, something that I don't think I had um, at that age. Between that and, unfortunately, the matzav. We used to say matzav about Israel. Remember mm. that? The matzav. Let's say Tehillim because of the matzav. Now, because of the matzav in the United States, that has added to our, to our mission of accelerated aliyah discussion. Notice I don't say accelerated aliyah. Not forcing people to jump to you know to to, to pack today and run to the uh, to the airport, but an accelerated Aliyah message. We're accelerating that message. Anyway, so welcome to the show, and, <laughs> and thank you for being an amazing host. I cannot believe this is the first time we're broadcasting from the new Nefesh Benefesh headquarters. This is the first time we've not broadcasted from this building before. Am I right? I don't think so. No. By the way, if we would have, we wouldn't be in this room. <laughs> so that's, that's for sure. So we have not. I don't know how you pull this one off. So we have not broadcasted. We have not broadcasted from here before. So Mazal Tov. It was exactly a year ago. Uh, well, I shouldn't say exactly, but it was almost a year ago. A little over a year ago that we were here for the beautiful dedication of this building. And uh, and here we are all these years later after an incredible event last night. Now you have a permanent Torah in the building. Thank you to the Lieben family. There's a permanent. Torah presence in this building, which is so remarkable and so wonderful. I can't even believe that I stumbled on that information that there was no permanent Torah here. I, like I just, not that there's any such thing as coincidence. But you get my point. Mm-hmm. And here we are in the midst of this incredible campaign, a campaign to remind everybody that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. I thought we had done all of our work, Rabbi Fass. I thought after 20 years enough was enough, but no. We find ourselves at square one again. We find ourselves at the very beginning of this journey yet again, trying to convince people who never thought about living in the Holy Land that there's no choice but to live here. I've said very little until now. (laughs) By design. (laughs) By design. (laughs) I have a bunch of comments. Yeah, you've been taking copious notes. And a a few items that you've mentioned. First of all, the accelerated Aliyah... Message. Message. Messaging. I think you have to re-coin that. He does this to me a lot. He sometimes reframes my stuff. I I think I'm a broadcasting genius who's able to communicate stuff in such an organized manner to our listeners. And and he says, Nahum, you've got to tweak it a drop. You've got to to move it this way a little bit. I want want to raise three issues. (laughs) Go ahead. I have qualms with three items that that you mentioned to this point. Number one. I, I think you have to change that title, the Accelerated Aliyah Messaging. Hmm. I think it should be not an acceleration, but I think it should be an in-depth Aliyah discussion or matured Aliyah discussion. Accelerated things usually are not fully discussed. Accelerated is a drive through I, I think it's time for people just to uh, have a thorough 
in-depth, mature conversation. You know, I'm better at messaging than discussing. Yeah, I understand Much better that, messaging but, than but um, we'll talk about that in a second. Kay. That's my third qualm with you. <laughs> 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 the, this, the second, uh, we're not in the business of convincing. Uh, you, you mentioned this concept of convincing. and, and I am. No, you're not. You're not. A, you are a, have been, so you look at yourself as a communicator. Yeah. Right? Communicating messaging. But I look at you as a catalyst. It's a different C. Um, you're a catalyst for people to think differently, to prioritize differently, to witness things differently. You're a catalyst. You're not just a communicator. Um, and your position and your positioning in certain areas in life have allowed people to open their eyes and see things different and witness things differently. Um, it's a nuanced take on the concept of a communicator. So, yes, accelerated messaging, that all falls into the communicator pillar of your title. But I look at you a very different, um, different role. If I lived here, would you say it differently? If I did this show from here every day, would you look at that role differently? Because I think I could discuss it yeah. and convince because I live no, there. But, but it t no, I, I think in, in many different roles, in the world of, of chesed, in the world of, of items that, or issues that the, the Orthodox world and the greater Jewish world that has been facing, I think you've, you've pushed us as an audience, as your devout listeners, to... Not struggle, but to, to really to really deal with issues and uh, to really fully analyze issues. And it's not just through the interviews that you've had, through the items that you've raised to the fore. Uh, you've you've been a catalyst of conversation. And I and I and I and even though I'm there, I'm not a convincer. See, I always no, think I, that I, if I'm living there, that people living here can't really get into that category. Can't really fall. You know, into that title. It's just the personality that you are. It doesn't make a difference where you are. The messaging will be, I'm using your word, will be different, but you'll be a catalyst. You can be a catalyst there and you can be a catalyst here. Halavai, um, you, you move soon to Israel and we set up a permanent uh, studio here in Israel and I would love it to have it here on campus, on the Nefesh campus, but it, that that's a different kind of catalyst. That's a different kind of messaging that you'll have. Yeah, I always think it comes from a weaker standpoint, but you don't agree with that. No. Interesting. You know, it's funny. when In the old days, in the old days, 20 years ago, um, <laughs> so I would go to Hebron for Chayasara, and I would get a call from a parent, and they would say something like, I wasn't going to let my kid go to Hebron for Chayasara, but now that you're going, I'm going to let them go. And I'm like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect me to do? Like, I'm not, you know. No, but that proves my point. Right. But again, coming from there to here. So it gives me, you know, yeah, but, but I'm someone like them. Find another reporter out there, a journalist, that people say, you know what? Oh, he's... He's reporting from that site. I need to go. Right. No. But they're not calling an Israeli radio guy to say, you're going to Hebron. I'm going to send my kid there. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but that's not the point. Interesting. Okay. I told you I could speak to them for hours. There's a, there's a trend-setting set of being a catalyst okay. that you have, whether or not you admit it or not, you've been that. Okay. And, uh, and it's a role that you've, you filled for the Jewish community. By the way, this is going to be dedicated way before I move to Israel, I hope. Seriously. Okay. Well, is, is it unreasonable for me? And by the way, you know me. I don't push my... I mean, you know is me it unreasonable time. that what? Is it unreasonable to set up a permanent studio here before I move here? 
Yeah, of course it's reasonable. Oh, it is reasonable. Nice. Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're on the same page. I'm not sure what we'll be using it for. That's well, we could maybe, discuss it. Maybe a multifaceted. Maybe in an accelerated Aliyah uh, studio. Center. Right. Mes- messaging, messaging center. Messaging <laughs> <laughs> With one person in mind to accelerate the actual person who's going to be using the studio for messaging. Yeah, that will be a good bumper sticker. Like the couple that buys the baby carriage, right? In, in, in anticipation of the baby, you know. Yes, we've discussed Being this. conceived. Well, yes. I, I will have a studio, please God, in anticipation that, you know, that one day I'll be. Uh, and, I will, and I'll be co-hosting Moshe Dawoodi's show with him on Thursday night from our studio in Nefesh Benefesh. There you go. And Moshe will be using that, it during daytime. That's actually a good idea. Yeah, right? Right? There right. There you go. You see, we've already. Look at this. The progress we're making it's is done. amazing. This is amazing. I hope I'll have room for you. <laughs> By the time you come here, it'll be used 24-7. Six. 24-6. Uh, I don't know. There could be some, Zion- some Zionists from the non-Jewish community who want to uh, use it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. So those are two. Did we cover everything? Those are the first two qualms. I'm, I've lost count, frankly. <laughs> I don't know what we're I'm going to let you. Be- <laughs> That's it. I have much more, many more, but I'm going to. Elite. And I thought it was so simple. I bring on Rabbi Fast. Thank you for being our host. And that's the end of that. Once you, pl- once you plop yourself in the <laughs> middle of all of our Ali advisors with a door wide open and glass, and I hear you straight across, even though this is some, sp- it is soundproof. When the door is closed. What, what have I told you? <laughs> what have I always told everybody? There's no such thing as soundproof. It is. It's, it's soundproof when the door is closed. I can't wait to test it. Soundproofing is such a waste of money. You should just know. When we were looking, uh, this we're off topic. So <laughs> I don't care. So when we were building this campus, we wanted to make sure that people would have privacy. Right. So we went to this factory in Tel Aviv, like a kibbutz kind of thing near Tel Aviv, and they had the coolest thing in the world. They had rooms. Where you can test rooms. the level. The, the, the whole studio was the whole showroom was just ten different rooms. And the level of glass and soundproofing. And I went in one room, had another person outside, screamed a few sentences. We went room to room to room to the last room. And obviously the last room, you hear it a little, it's muffled a little. Right. Th- that's what we have here, of right. course. You know, spared expenses here. <laughs> Total setup. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't so know if what to ask what the bill was. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any noise heard outside, then I... I'm not sure who to where's complain that I- to. Where's that invoice? By you or by Tony's office? Where's I must see that invoice. Tony doesn't see the invoices. <laughs> Anyway, so so yesterday you say to me, I go to your office yesterday before our event, mm-hmm. and you spring a piece of news on me that every single person listening right now is not going to believe. One year ago, they heard me on the air discuss that we were at the opening of the building, yes. and a year later, you say to me yesterday that it's completely packed, that there's, not, there's no space for you to, to even bring in more staff and find more office space for them to work in. It is beyond, I said this last night, beyond my, our wildest dreams, the, this, we are already three, four years into our, our, our planning of how to execute this building and its, and its usage. We, we did a report for the Jews Municipality and one of our donors of they were curious to know how many events we've had here and how many unique guests. And we have events and we're data-driven. We've had over 630 events since January 1st, not since we opened up in October, since January 1st, we had 24,800 plus unique visitors. Now, my dream, when I was trying to lobby for this campus in the Jerusalem Municipality, I said, I'm going to get to a point that we'll have 4,000 people here a month. People laughed at me. 
and we're a year in and someone remember when I gave them the, the, the report, they were like, you're, f you're halfway done. You're, you're years ahead of where you were envisioning. Staffing were packed. Um, we, every Monday morning, a few of us huddle and it's called event prioritization. We have all of these requests of using you the space. You turn people away. And I get a report of all the requests for the next two, three weeks. And we have to prioritize and create, uh, you know, who gets first pick and who gets usage and how many people have been using it. Who's the person that has to say no? Oh, I'm not saying no. <laughs> so who does? <laughs> no, I'm not saying That no. must be very difficult. Oh, it's very difficult. Because it's a very sought-after piece yeah, of property that people want to use. Everyone's using it now. And it's amazing. So we have to make sure that people are the right people are using it, that people are not over, you know, abusing the, the rights. But to think that every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I have a Kavua fixed time. Event prioritization. To prioritize requests coming into this place is beyond uh, whatever I could have Well, imagined. it's miraculous that we got ours in last night after all this. My gosh. It's ego. Did that make, ego the, Siegel. Did that make the Monday meeting? I'm just curious. It made the Monday meeting. It made the meeting. Monday meeting? <laughs> It wasn't discussed. Rabbi I said, this has happened. Rabbi Fass, I'd like you to tell me who was on what side of the issue here, please, if you don't mind. No one. I have some Hands business to take down. care of before I go to the airport. <laughs> uh, anyway, so last night, we have this incredible Safer Torah celebration. Mm -hmm. And uh, just one, as you heard, of hundreds of events that happened in this building. And, um, and as you pointed out, as you pointed out, and I, of course, until you said it, I never even thought of it. But as you pointed out, an institution that's, that's um, focused on Israel, an institution that's focused on Eretz Yisrael and the state of Israel, Medinat Yisrael, etc., etc., cannot be considered complete without the presence of a Sefer Torah permanently in its building. And, of course, the precedent is in our Chumash. It's, not, it's in yeah. our Torah. It's not, like, it's not like you pulled it out of a Talmudic source. And uh, that was really heartwarming. That was really beautiful. And, it, and now you can declare... Uh, that you're at a different stage in this building than you were just a few days ago? A thousand percent. And uh, just the possibilities. Uh, we have we have Friday night meals, and uh, now that we can have real Shabbatot that can offer it to bar mitzvahs, and uh, bar mitzvahs during the weekday, bar mitzvahs you know, on Shabbat, for missions and Shabbatonim that come here, we can give them that full, that full experience. So you can have a real Shabbaton, and when the hotel next door opens, please God, in a year, then really then this can be a facility for people who are staying there or groups that are staying there to have a full Shabbat experience. The kitchen's going to work. The kitchen's working, as you know, last night. We can feed hundreds of people. We can have a whole shul here. So it's very exciting. I look at it. I'm already... Need a rabbi? Wh when, I see <laughs> when I see the Sefer Torah and the Hanas Sefer Torah... Um, I'm, I'm already thinking two years down the line yep. of, of its usage and how many bar mitzvahs and how many shavuot. You're brothels. that grandmaster who's thinking ten moves ahead. I know. No, it's and not. It's true. It's not. It's, not, it's, it's, not. it's, it's, a dr it's being. It's the optimism and the, and the courage to dream. It has nothing to do with grandmastering or it's just wishful thinking many times, but just the excitement of being able to dream. But I would have yeah. to assume, from my vantage point, the majority of those come true. Or am I just not seeing all those that don't? I try to hide the ones that don't. <laughs> you do a good job. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it's uh, we had two failed projects this this year. Well, I'm not going to highlight them. Yeah, I get it. And I just and thought I might know about it. That's all. <laughs> and so, and so I said, there, "Are you are you are you sad that didn't work?" I was like, "No," because we had five and three of them did work. Right. 
So that's the only way. And, and you embrace Even Babe Ruth didn't bat 400. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you have to embrace the, f the failures because the fail failure right. is a fuel to learn and the fail to, to and fuels you to, to try to do the next five. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Correct. Right. Even the rooftop. The rooftop, I, I, I had such an emotional experience a few weeks ago because when we were building the building and we were picking out the tiles for the rooftop and I just sat there and I and I turned to the few people that were we had a, a crew of seven people that were designing and working out I said we will have chuppas here for Chaylin Bodidim I said I want free weddings for Chaylin Bodidim and there's going to be a chuppa here and they were like okay that's nice Josh <laughs> and they're like okay maybe in a few years or I say no this year during Shana Rishon of the doors <coughs> opening, we will have a wedding for Chaylin Bodedim. Lone soldiers. Yeah, for lone soldiers. Thank you for the translation. And a few weeks ago, we had our first wedding here. And uh, I, I'm not sure to the, to the families at all. I didn't, even, the I didn't even get called up for, for a bracha <laughs> for crying out loud. You don't make that part of the I got uh, no keyboard <laughs> whatsoever, but you know what? I'm sitting in the back row, <coughs> and I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> I don't think I even said a, no. I said a, <laughs> gave him hugs, hug to the chassan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was so moved. I was so moved because to see the place in functioning on that level of kedusha, on that level of chesed, fulfilling its purpose of what it was intended. So when I see that sefer Torah last night and dancing the sefer Torah, I'm just just <laughs> thoughts and visions of the Bar Mitzvah boys and the Shabbat Shevet Brachos. Well, the Friday the night Afros services, uh, that, that, I never even thought of sure. that. It's amazing. It's something that we didn't even consider. You know, when the Lieben family gave we this Torah, they, they, they knew it would be utilized to whatever Yom Yerushalayim, right? Yom all the tefillot. We can have full experiences. Amazing. And um, also just to have a Torah's presence here orients you differently. Heightens your sensitivity, heightens your level of 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 mission. That it's there's a matefet. It's wrapped in a sense of holiness and purity. And even if you're not using it, obviously every day or every minute, to know that it's in your edifice, it's in your structure. It orients you, calibrates you a bit to a different purpose and to a different mindfulness. We're linked forever. Now the message of the day. I'm message? The I'm catalyst. The catalyst. Because <laughs> I'm sure there are people right now listening yeah. who are wondering when we're going to address the elephant in the room. Yes. Who are wondering when we're going to talk about the catalyst yeah, that you're tough. referring to. Um, I mean, look, you're living here. Um, people want to know what you think when you hear about the news reports from New York, when you hear about what's happening in the United States. And you're someone who's very familiar with major cities in the United States. It's not like you don't know. Um, and it must be shocking to you that you know episodes that, uh, of the type that are happening are happening in those areas. Um, when it comes to the future of the Jewish people, and uh, you're encouraging, again, I know you don't force, you don't encourage, but you're here if you to facilitate, facilitating uh, North American Aliyah. What are your thoughts in the current situation? Um, I have a lot to, to share. I, I don't use hyperbole or uh, exaggerated words in assessments. And, and I, am, I have two emotions, watching and witnessing there, because I've been going back and forth, and also, obviously, from 6,000 miles away. I'm concerned with a capital C, and I'm saddened. 
for different emotions. I'm concerned because anti-Semitism obviously has always been around and, and unfortunately will continue. That's our lot. But the shift between a cowardly, anonymous anti-Semitism to a proud, identified, public anti-Semitism is very scary. And the fact that nowadays you have a megaphone that can reach millions of people from unhealthy, unstable people, but <coughs> people just follow. In a second. In a second, can be inspired by those words, motivated by words, or even just have it be sensed as normative on millions level from personalities um, and public figures, whether or not we want to mm -hmm. agree that they should have this platform, but people who have are well those known. platforms because they're well known, mm -hmm. is very scary. Um, and we've had a lot of Siata Dishmaya. We've had a lot of divine protection and help over the last few weeks with some very scary incidences. And, uh, and we have to continue to be vigilant. And uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Uh, the, the condemnation and, and the, the censoring and the quieting and the silencing of that voice have not been strong enough and fast enough by the general public. And that's also very concerning. And it's leadership. Correct. And I'm saddened. I'm saddened because, as you just mentioned, or inferred of being a catalyst in the Aliyah or Zionist conversation, I'm saddened because for the last 20 years, um, I've dedicated my life to this concept of Aliyah of choice. And what a gift it is to the state of Israel that people are not running away from something, but running to something. Out of ideolo ideological reasons or compassion or for opportunity, but looking at Israel as a, as we've talked about, as a, as a destiny or fulfillment of promise or fulfillment of, of opportunity by not running away from something. And it saddens me that there is a shift in the conversation piece that even if a person says, I just want you to know, I've always wanted to move <laughs> to Israel. I always wanted to move to Israel. Israel's my homeland. This is where I want to be. I can't wait to contribute. I'm going to hit the ground running. I'm going to build the country one person at a time. I can't wait to raise my family here. This is where a person could fully be Jewish and all things. And also, I just want you to know, I feel a little uncomfortable. And that also, or that but, or that slight anecdotal asterisk put to that conversation piece saddens mm -hmm. me because it not grades, but it not tarnishes. I'm trying to find the right word. It's, it, uh, it adds a, a, a not I, I want to say hesitation, but that's not the right not word. Not hesitation. It, it clouds the, the clarity right. of that diamond a right. bit. And, and, uh, and, th and, and that's going to be the reality. And going forward, going forward. And, and for me, even, in my conversations with the government, and, and there's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. We had conversations yesterday and today, and and the the conversation to me, or the question posed to, to, to us is, what will happen if there's an incident? And, and that is alarming, because that's the conversations that we're having now, and it's not something that anything, anyone wants to be entertaining. I wonder if there was an, an, an inevitability to this. 
like, I mean, I'm sure you've said to yourself at some point that, you know, this is going to happen in the United States the way it's happened everywhere else. But I wonder if you if you said to yourself, maybe it won't be in my lifetime. Maybe it'll take a much longer period before this actually manifests itself. But also, when you say saddened, and I'm not being a smart aleck here, I'm being serious. <laughs> is, there, is there a tinge of sadness because it was the good old USA, like a place you remember with fondness, and now obviously you'll think of it in a much different light? Of course. Uh, America has been amazing mm-hmm. to us. Uh, nothing like a road trip in the U.S. Nothing like a road trip in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, just one example of what people enjoy doing over there. I did a road trip. I did a cross country with my family a few years back. I remember I also that. had an anti-Semitic. <laughs> I remember that. Actually, you had the best of both worlds. Well, I had the best say? of both worlds. The person <laughs> was in jail for a year because Correct. of it. Not that we've ever discussed this publicly, Correct. and we won't, but I'm going to get emails now. <laughs> what happened to you? I remember when you told me that story. Um, but you know what I'm saying. You know, the, the, the old good old USA, it's going to be a memory that, uh, that only we. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't like that entertaining of the conversation. I'm not uh, the sky's falling. I don't, I, and, and I'm not the personality. So when you say a tinge, you mean a tinge. I mean, I, I don't want to be in that conversational piece. I don't want to be involved in, oh, what happened to America, or is America going down the drain, or I'm fearful, and the ri- I, I, I can't. I can't allow myself or, or the institution to be in that space. So that means when people can... Because so- I need to preserve still for myself. And for Understood. This, this that means when you're asked to speak about the mission of Aliyah, it will be as was. You will not be incorporating that angle. I hope. Uh, and I pray you'll be that, asked that about it, but no. But I hope that it doesn't get worse. That that right. I'm, the messaging right. your, um, doesn't have to pivot. Understood. Without without being without fooling ourselves that that it's trending too. Right. Could do this for hours. Let's do it. I could <laughs> do this for hours. I think the first time we're actually in a new permanent studio in Jerusalem, we should take a couple of hours and just. Yeah. Hit the airwaves. Let people know that, you know, we're going to be... Yeah, people waiting for you? We can... We do have people waiting, yeah. Give them a lunch at Greg's. And I heard that you were on a very tight schedule today. Apparently, you can't uh, remain with us till the end of the broadcast. So, you know, I'm trying to get over that. I'm trying to, you know, you see the sadness that's overcome me because of that circumstance. A little bit. I'm trying to deal with it. I feel it. (laughs) But maybe we'll reunite soon enough somewhere. Who knows? You'll be traveling in a few days, right? You'll be traveling. You'll be. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe we'll cross paths again. Could happen. I hope. I'm so. assuming Hanukkah. You'll be in the in in the state of Israel during Hanukkah. You wouldn't miss Hanukkah here. No, Hanukkah. The campus is is. Is hop- it hopping? It's yeah, hopping and happening. A lot of sufganiyot. A lot going on. And uh, in all seriousness, it, it is probably the best example, unless you tell me that uh, that there's another period of time during the year. The best example, of of remembering what living in the Galut is like at the end of December and what living in Israel is like at the end of December. It's probably the best and most stark example of that dichotomy. Oh, completely. The Pesach doesn't compare, nothing compares to it. It's a different world. We once were, once my family, we we were in America for Hanukkah, and it was just as if my kids landed on a different planet. And they probably missed it like crazy. Completely. Wow. Because here is just, it's... It's holy and beautiful, and every walk of life just celebrates, and you just you just walk through streets or walk through Shalim, walk through Jerusalem corridors and alleys, and it's just you're just mm. surrounded. Where Rabbi Siegel has the privilege oh. of living. Maybe Rabbi Siegel will invite me for yeah. like a yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't a that be donut nice? Action, and then <laughs> we can come. 
look for some menorahs, <laughs> but you don't have to look. It's all it's there. All there. And, and just if you look out my window, they're starting to put up the, the menorah lights on the, on the, they do all these fake candle things all on the. That's somewhat of a takeoff, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. They're right. copying. It's good for them. But it's good because it's, good. it's a yeah. Jewish it's theme. Yeah, morphing it into something good. Yeah. Um, but th- it's, it's a different world. Although, please note, listeners back in the United States, they do have a Black Friday here. Do they have any clue what it means? No, but they have a Black Friday here. <laughs> Am I right? Yes, but I have to show you a hysterical sight. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm going to come in. You're going to lose it. I'm going to wait until you're in the middle of an interview and show you a sign. <coughs> Viewers, listeners, if Nahum loses it in the you'll next 10 why. minutes, you'll know why. Most Americans don't know why they call it Black Friday. I Can guarantee you. Get me my phone. I guarantee you, they don't know why it is here. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world. The web and AchimSingle.com and the AchimSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. We're here with Rabbi Josh Fass, who's the founder of Nefesh Benefesh, and is about to show me something that will. No, this is not for the air. Oh, <laughs> um, so Rabbi Fass, I thank you and. Um, and I do want to mention, because I haven't said a word about it in the last half hour, that today is our day of giving. So everybody out there, if you want to support our efforts and uh, be part of our annual campaign to keep JMDM and the Nachum Single Network going, it's uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, or causematch.com slash fjb22, causematch.com slash fjb22. Uh, should I go to a song? Should we, what are we doing? What do we got? Oh, okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. Rabbi Fess, I thank you. <laughs> I mean, does that prove my point or what? I love you dearly. <laughs> You're the best. It's great to host you. Thank you for having us here. Thank you for everything that happened My last pleasure. night. Enjoy, enjoy. Very special 24 hours. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Rabbi Josh Fess, you know the information, folks. 8664-ALIYAH, and of course... NBN.org.il, NBN.org.il, whatever reason you have to move to the state of Israel, make it happen and make it happen soon. NBN.org.il. Today is our Thursday day of giving. And uh, go to FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. I'm told that uh, Tammy Berman is in our studio and is about to put on the... uh, Required microphone and headset for our for our broadcast. What a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. This is a pleasure to be here. I appreciate that. Um, Tammy Berman is a board member at the. Is it Michael Levin or Michael Levine? What do we say? Levin. Levin, we say. Yeah. The Michael Levin <laughs> Lone Soldier. Now, Michael was a Jewish hero. He was a Jewish hero. In many, many ways. Yeah. And he was a lone soldier. Correct. And he, From uh, Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. Nachon. Yeah. I mean, correct. And yeah. his parents are very affiliated with us at the base. His talus bag is actually incorporated on the cover over the Sefer Torah that we have. Wow. It's very, very touching. He was a lone soldier and didn't have all the uh, uh, things available to him that we're offering now, but it was a dream of his. To for lone soldiers to have some place to go. Amazing, and now that lone soldier center services about. Do we know the statistics about yes. how many a week, a year? Uh, we do, we do. Um, there are seven thousand lone soldiers in Israel, and our base has men s- and women. Men and women, but no charut. Right. Um, we've serviced uh, seventeen hundred. 
And Benot Shirut, there's about 500 Benot Shirut in Israel, throughout Israel. And so at our base, we've serviced 400. Amazing. Um, people can get information about all of this at what website? That's a great question. Well, I'm going to say Michael Levin. Yeah, uh, let's look it up. We'll look it up. And people I'm get so sorry. Because when they come to Israel, they actually could visit the center, right? A hundred percent. We give so. tours. They can take part in a Shabbat meal. They can sponsor a meal for the soldiers. Right now, we're do uh, th- these two weeks, we're doing a cause ah, match. You're also on a cause match and campaign. So I do have that email. Phenomenal, yes. Why not? Um, that's causematch.com slash TMLB. That's Tammy the Michael Levin base. Oh, right. the, Michael the Michael Levin, Levin base. Uh, T, I got stuck on the T. Um, DEC 22. Yes. For December 22nd. That's what we're doing right now. And I also brought in a list of some of the things we do for the soldiers and the girls. And that list includes? We have so many events, parties, get-togethers, games, Megillah reading, you name it, we do it. Um, we have Shabbat meals. We have advising, like wh- what, what, where they should go, what they should do. Um, we have Friday morning breakfast. We have a lot of base swag items, phone holders. We, have, uh, we celebrate all the Chagim. And we also have therapy sessions. We have uh, like a medical team. We have a supply closet, which people coming to Israel can help supply. It's um, shampoo, conditioner, socks. Um, I think the Basic army. needs. Yeah, I think the army gives the soldiers two pairs of socks. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have washers and dryers. So when they're um, around the shuk, around the downtown Jerusalem area, they're welcome to come and do their laundry. And we have um, a lot of base visits. It's, it's really home. And I would love for people that come to come see the base, come talk to the soldiers, see the smiles on their faces. And imagine, I'm, I'm assuming the listeners know what a lone soldier base is. But, yeah, I think so. But, but please. it is um, a facility where these people that volunteer to come to Israel and to serve in the IDF, they don't have anywhere to go when they have a stomach ache or an earache, and they don't have anywhere to go when their cell phone is down to you zero. You are their family. That they call us that. That's we, simple as that. hundred percent. We also have a beautiful little, a uh, short little film, and all the kids say that we have a home, we have a base, we have where to go. We're never alone. Um, During downtime, soldiers literally go to their parents. They go and they spend the weekend at home. They have no opportunity to do any of that. They'd be roaming the streets or or spending time alone in their apartment, if not for you guys. And their parents make all their favorite foods, and their parents do their laundry. Yeah, so so we really do try to help these kids because... Really and truly, they're kids. I mean, in America, when you're 18 years old, I don't even know if if you can do laundry yourself. And also, where would we be without the IDF? I mean, these kids take care of us. They are are the ones who guarantee the Jewish future. Um, The point you made earlier about the basic needs, I remember back in 2006, the war up north, we were told back in America the, the limited supply of uh, socks and underwear that the soldiers were given. Soldiers who had families, but, you know, this is what they were, they were away from their families for so long. And, and people don't realize that as best, as, as, as well as the Army tries to equip with these basic needs, these soldiers, they can't do it 100%. It's impossible. And that's why you and others, you know, step in to make sure they have what they need when they go back to their own base. Very well said. We really just try to be... Their grandparents, their parents, their sisters, their brothers. Exactly. And uh, they're looking for direction, and they're looking for warmth. 
And they get it at uh, Michael Levin Base. All right. So here's the email. Info at thebase.org.il. Can you ask Ralph to come in here for a second? Info at thebase.org.il. It's located at 10 Rehov Hadekel. 10 Hadekel Street in Jerusalem. Everybody's invited to... Uh, Everybody's invited to um, uh, to visit and to see the uh, center up close and personal. Now, Ralph, the reason I asked you to come in yes. is because I need you to see what we're about to do. Okay. We are the only radio. We are the only listener-supported radio entity in the world that, during their own fundraiser, would go ahead and announce someone else's fundraiser. Call Huckabee. We are here to remind everybody the Michael Levin base needs support and they have a cause match campaign going on it's going on for two weeks or yes for we're, two weeks? we're just finishing up our first week causematch.com slash tmlb the michael levin base tmlb dec for december 22 so it's causematch.com slash tmlb dec 22 and we are encouraging everybody during our initial thursday of giving we are encouraging everybody to support the Michael Levin base. Ralph, I think that's one of the reasons why you enjoy being our chairman, because we never forget anybody. I think it's a perfect... Um, I think it's a well, you don't have to say this. You can say when you come on later. But I'm just letting you know that we are... It, it's, it's actually... I know what you were about to say. It's the perfect way of summing up what we do. Because it, we could be in our own fundraiser, but we're going to make sure to... Uh, no, it's okay. We're going to be in our own fundraiser. We're going to make sure to support uh, other causes as well. Anyway... Go to the Michael Levin uh, uh, Lone Soldier Base, everybody. Support them at the Cause Match campaign. But when you come to Israel, most importantly, when you come to Israel, put on your itinerary a place that's going to inspire you, where you get the chance to be the mom and dad for lone soldiers who are here in Israel. You can leave them with a donation. You can leave them with supplies. You can take them out to dinner if you want. They'll make that arrangement to, to take care. They'll do anything you want. Uh, for these soldiers. Can I make a plug yeah, sure. for Nefesh Benefesh? Of course. When you come to Israel, you have to come and see this fantastic facility that serves so many people and who I made Aliyah through as well. How long ago? Um, Aliyah, six and a half years From ago. From where? where? Washington, D.C. Nice. So uh, it's nice to partner with you. We did have a partnership over Thanksgiving. We had 400 soldiers here on your rooftop. In so this building? We, yes. So oh. we really are uh, a family. Tammy Berman is a board member at the Michael Levin Lone Soldier Base. Thanks for joining us today. With pleasure. And call out a vote to your campaign as well. Thank you so much. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. And it's, a, um, it's an important Thursday morning edition because for us it is our day of giving. We want to remind everybody to give and be as generous as possible. It's fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org. fjbunity.org. And um, it's also causematch.com slash fjb22. Causematch.com slash fjb22. fjbunity.org. And uh, we're asking everybody to be as generous as possible. Now, this campaign is kicking off today. It's going to go until the end of the year or until we hit our goal. So uh, please uh, donate and be as generous as you can. And again, we thank our friends at CauseMatch, who I believe we're going to be uh, speaking to a little later on. Um, <laughs> that's funny. 22 days left to our campaign. I like that. Uh, more coming up. You're listening to a uh, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. We'll go to this selection from uh, Uri Davidi and be back with more special guests. We are live in Jerusalem on a very, very special day here at JM in the AM. 
here to see if our music is going through. That's actually our Sherwood Goff and not uh, Uri Davidi. I'm not sure if we have our music going through. We'll check that out in a minute uh, here at JM in the AM. Meanwhile, please join us for our day of giving and be as generous as you can. Uh, we've kicked off our annual NSN year-end campaign. We are in Jerusalem doing it today. That's right. We're in Jerusalem. Um, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, or causematch.com slash fjb22, causematch.com slash fjb22. Again, that's causematch.com slash fjb22, causematch.com slash fjb22 and whatever you can give whether it's a 180 360 1800 or anything anything uh um in between thank you so much for doing so jam and the am on a thursday morning Ralph Rosenbaum is known as the president of Rosenbaum Financial Services, but he has a title that's much, much more prominent than that. And that's, of course, chairman of the uh, incredible efforts that we call JM and AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. In fact, if we're going to be accurate here, he's the New Jersey chairman <laughs> because our good friend Steve Adelsberg is still serving as the New York chairman. It's I, Is that I all right with you, Ralph? I have no problem. I like the company. It's wonderful meeting him. He's also a big Yankee that's, fan. That's true. And we, we, we won't talk about it, but we've got Aaron Judge back. Well, we could talk about if it. You want uh, to, I, mean, we can. I think it's a ridiculous signing, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you want to talk about nah, it. Yeah, it's okay. I just said it's done. It's no problem. Is he going to be donating to the JMM uh, fundraiser? I don't know. I'll because if you're making $360 million, <laughs> That is correct. That is correct. If he invests that correctly with Rosenbaum Financial <laughs> Services, the guy's going to be in good shape. He can be in good shape. I definitely would love to talk to him about it. Def definitely would. Let's see if our chief of staff, Egal Siegel, <laughs> could set that up. Would you mind setting up a meeting with Aaron Judge and Ralph so he could invest his money smartly? Because $360 million is a lot of money. Very you true. were about to say something when we were speaking about um, the Lone Soldier but Center. But you said that because we're fundraising and at the same time encouraging people to give to other Fund important fundraising campaigns. You said that that reminds you or exemplifies. No, no, what? I think it's a great idea. We okay. are we are fundraising and we're fundraising in the United States as well. And this is basically for the United States people. December thirty first, as an accountant, I'm talking to you. You have charitable contributions, so boom, you got two charities to give to. Correct. It's a write off. That's that's what I wanted. So to So you're say. saying that your charity dollar, correct? If you're spreading it out. Uh, among worthy causes, it's going to go a much longer way. That That's is, what you're suggesting. That, that is correct. You're saying, Nahum, you're not getting all of it. You're getting some of it. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> I, I am saying that, but the person <laughs> is getting the write-off either way. And he, you're whatever. getting all of it. You're I'm, getting, like, I'm not getting You're anything. getting the entire write-off. <laughs> I'm getting, I get, Well, by, by the way, I, I really have to say this. Yeah. I, I really have to say this. I have to thank you. I have to thank you because I teased you. Um, I said, why don't we do a fundraiser in Israel? I'll show up. And I thank you that 
I'm here. You showed you up. I showed up, and you did the fundraiser. Don't dare knock him single. So I thank you. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, my wife B couldn't couldn't stay out for another week. She was here the first week, but unfortunately, she cut out, and uh, I stayed. Um, well, it, it would have been nice to have had her here. Correct. Very I correct. always I always feel that uh, um, that you and her are very attached to the state of Israel and very attached to the city of Jerusalem. So I'm sure it was painful for her to leave. It was. No doubt she had something very important <laughs> back in the United she did. States. She did. Uh, but it's good, it's good that you're here, thank God. Thank you. Thank Baruch you for Hashem. that. Thank you. And, and one other thing that I wanted to mention, since we gave this Torah in honor, excuse me, in memory of Barry Lieben. Yeah, and I forgot, I can't believe I never mentioned last night that you were one of his uh, No, 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 that, that's what I want to bring up. I met Barry, and, and now I realize how he got it. I went to a camp called Camp Beitar. Any Beitar people out there, let's donate to Nachum. But any of those... Camp Beitar up in Never, Never Sink, New York. I remember Never Sink. Never Sink, New York. Some, I'm going back 55, 60 years ago. I was in camp. He was in camp. And he became a true Zionist. Yeah. True Bet Trumpledor and so on. It was very, very, He was. A Trumpledor Zionist. And, and so That's it, how so good it, he was. It was very, uh, very good. And and another thing about, <laughs> another thing about, about um, raising money or, 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 Contributing to the campaign, you never know who you're going to meet. Example, um, when I got involved listening to Nachum some 38 years ago, and got really involved with him the past five years, but started listening for 38 years ago, I never knew I would meet people. Um, all of a sudden, and I think you're going to talk to her later, uh, listener Cena. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I meet her at a wedding. Right. I meet her at a wedding, and the host says to me, and he also listens to. Uh, to to you, Phil Englard. Um, so Phil, I'm, I'm mentioning your name. Um, he he basically he introduces says, two classic. He in, he introduced myself to Cena. He said, "Cena, this is the chairman." And and I said, "You're listening, to Cena. You're the chair." It was hysterical. And since then, we have built up a relationship. We have built a relationship. And even more I. so, if I may, please. You know who else you met because of this show? Rabbi Goldwasser. Oh, ra- let me let me tell you. That is that is definitely, definitely a thing. Is because of you, I met Rabbi Goldwasser, and I've listened to him, and I managed to get him for the Young Israel of East Brunswick, for a, um, for, to, to talk to us back in September. Yeah, this was between Rosh Hashanah and, and Kippur. Kip, we were talking about tshuva. Let me tell you, people, if you were there from Highland Park, from East Brunswick, please. Manhattan. And, Manha- and Manhattan, that's right. Nachum came for that. That was very, very impressive to me. I was, like, shocked. I was totally shocked by that. But the fact that all those people came, and if it was, it definitely was enlightening. By all means, go on the website and uh, donate. But uh, you're right, and I feel like I'm very close now to Rabbi Goldwasser. Right. So I, it's, it's, it's the really, radio really com- meaningful. The radio community is amazing, Ralph. I see that. It's very... It, it, I see that, and it's unbelievable what I unbelievable what you've done, and you've gone from you've gone from a uh, uh, an area 38 years ago from a New York New York City New York area metropolitan area. It's now the world because I look I look at the um, the app people that comments on the app, and they're all over. Yes, there are those people from Israel, but I'm what what was this? I saw somebody South Korea, from South Korea, and Germany, so forth. Uh, it's unbelievable how how you have. Approach the Jewish community. Thank God. Unbelievable. Thank God. And just keep it keep it going up. Just keep it going. 
as much as you possibly much as you possibly can. And from a an accounting standpoint, you remind everybody that this is the month to give. This, this is the, the best month, month of the year to give. This is the best month of the year to give because it's it's December. Um, you have till December thirty first to uh, donate and get a, a tax write off for your December for the twenty 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 two taxes. And by all means, by all means, let's do it and put more. If Uncle Sam is letting you, if Uncle Sam is helping you by, de- is that, my apologies, if Uncle Sam is helping you by uh, reducing the tax you have to pay by you giving charities, by all means, pick And the, if you pick need advice as to how much to give to JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network, ask Ralph. He'll tell you exactly what you should give. He'll give you the best way to spend your charity yes, dollar. That is very correct. Thank that you, Mr. Roosevelt. Thank you, Mr. Siegel. Well, Appreciate it's it. great to reunite with Thank you. Thank you. We've spoken together on the air in, uh, in, um, in not Qatar. Where was it that we were? Not Qatar. In Dubai. Thank you. In Dubai. We spoke together in Jerusalem. We spoke together in Miami. We spoke together. Where else was Ralph? I'm trying to think where else. Dubai, Miami, Israel. It's enough, no? Everyone wants to know, I, I said that we're not having any Jewish music singers here today. That's what I said. So they said, so why would you invite Dove Halpern? I said, I invited Dove Halpern because he's nice enough to always be in touch and to let us know when he's listening to the network when he's driving around Israel. Bakasha, please put on the uh, headset and join us. And he did bring his guitar. But by the way, Dove, they're going to kill us if we play music here, but we'll see. <laughs> near, near eh. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Now, give us your history. You're originally from where? Originally born in Israel, Where? Saba. My uh, parents came. Was your mall Yitzchak Segal? Because <laughs> he was my uncle. Was the mall in Kfar Saba? I actually uh, moved uh, from uh, Kfar Saba when I was four years old. My parents came out to the U.S. Where? Uh, they started at Washington Heights. Where'd you go, Royers? Uh, the daycare. <laughs> and then uh, the daycare didn't uh, like me too much. I was a little bit secular. <laughs> So I wound up going to PS-187. You were in 187? Yep. Up in Washington Heights. Yep. That's amazing. Keep going, yeah. And then uh, from there, I went to Bronx Science. Wow. And from Bronx Science, uh, towards the end of the sophomore year, we moved to Fairlawn, New Jersey. Um, over there, we got to know Rabbi Yudin, Rabbi Zaltzman. You know Rabbi Yudin's on our show every week. Of course. <laughs> And it's funny because we have some Fairlawn people here. That's so funny. And when uh, did you move back to Israel? When I was uh, 29. Married already or not? Married here. You got married here. Became religious here. What? After that? And pretty much just before I got married. My wife is from uh, Nebrak. <laughs> Oldest of 15 kids. Are you related to the famous Halperins of Israel? No. <laughs> my parents are from uh, Soviet Union. Former Soviet Union. Wow. Uh, my father is from Nepopetrovsk in Ukraine. Mama's Which is a very famous city for the Jewish tradition, right? Of course. Yeah. The, the Chabad. Lubavitch. Right. And uh, my mom is from Moscow. Wow. So I'm at war with myself, Ukraine versus Russia. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I want to ask who you're rooting for. Uh, who am I rooting for? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> whoever's better for Israel. <laughs> and who knows the answer to that, right? Only, only the one above. Dove Halpern's here. So when did you start a musical career? Was this very early on or very recently? Well, I've been with music as much as I remember. Um, I took the religious route with my songwriting. Um, I would say 
So the songs of yours that we're playing on the air these days, those yeah. are ones that you wrote. Yeah. Those are your original songs. About, uh, let's say, maybe five or six years ago, I started uh, the whole uh, religious music. Uh, it took me a while to figure out how to write, because uh, up until I became religious, I was always writing blues and uh, <coughs> sad songs about love and breakups and uh, whatnot. <laughs> Traditional uh, blues. <laughs> Every song's about <laughs> getting together, breaking up, <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's that. Uh, so now I understand it. Now I understand it. You're from New Jersey. You were obviously listening. To, I would assume at some point to JM in the AM. Of course. So here you're now in Israel, and that tradition continues. It's one of the things we said last night at the event that there's so many people who've moved to Israel <laughs> from New York and New Jersey, and. You know, they'll be in their cars and they'll turn on the network to see, uh, you know, what's happening here in the afternoon by us in the morning uh, during one of the shows. So now, I, now I get why the show it's is not, so important to you. Not only that, uh, on Coldplay I heard you. Right. And uh, it brought back that taste of uh, New York, of home. I appreciate that. In fact, that. I come from uh, a radio uh, background as well. In Russia or here? <laughs> <laughs> no, in the U.S. Uh, I went to FDU. Oh, wow. Tunic. Sure. So WFDU, I of learned uh, broadcasting. WFDQ, the uh, student radio right. station. I pretty much built it. <laughs> and um, I went to CSB in sure. Hasbro Kites. Holy cow, that's so funny. So, uh, Where do you live now in Israel? Now I live in Ramat Hashan, which wow. is near Her- Herzliya, Kvarsab is in the area. Not that far from here. but yeah, About 45 minute drive, right. if no traffic. <laughs> I apologize, but I think my producer agrees that we should not be playing music here today, right? Live. Well, um, if we had, <laughs> yeah, if we got yelled at just for talking, we're going to get destroyed if we play music. <laughs> anyway, Dove Halpern, Todaraba for stopping by. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And now it's uh, it's going to be much more significant to us when we put your music on. Of course. So I really I appreciate actually it. forgot something. Yeah. What did you forget? Uh, afterwards? Afterwards. Okay. No I'll, bring it, I'll bring it up. Todaraba and Kola Kavod. You're welcome, Bivakasha. And um, when I'm in the U.S., I'll let you know. Please do. And uh, we will... Hopefully reunite there. Dove Halpern, everybody. We have been playing his music, as you've been hearing on the air, on JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, and here was the opportunity to ask him to come in and say hi to everybody. Hey, thank you, Arnie Braunstein, for your twice-high donation. Remember, everybody, we are in the midst of our, um, of our, day of, our Thursday of giving, and we are asking everybody to be as generous as possible, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and of course causematch.com slash fjb22 causematch.com slash fjb22 did i mention causematch.com slash fjb22 and coincidentally total coincidence after i I emphasize causematch.com Uh, the Director of Partnerships for Cause Match is Jeremy Stern. Shalom. Welcome to the show. Nachum, it's so good to be here. Thank you. Same here. Your offices are not that far from here. Not that far at all. The, uh, the command center of Cause <laughs> Match is very close by. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. In fact, if people are in the Shuk or near the Shuk, they should know that literally your offices are near there because there are times people want to come and discuss some business. Indeed. And find out about what you'd be able to do for uh, different organizations. Cause Match has grown like crazy. Am I right? I mean, like I know, crazy. I don't know if you share data and statistics. But I would imagine that just like us, you're servicing a lot more clients than you used to. We've raised nearly a half a billion dollars in charitable giving with our clients since we started seven years ago. Yeah. 
running hundreds and hundreds of campaigns let me just, every year. Let me just check with our chief of staff. Is that a good goal for our campaign, half a billion? That's <laughs> a, a good goal? You half a billion goal? with that's a, a V. That's a good goal? <laughs> that's an impressive number, to say the least. And what's interesting about your organization, if I'm wrong about this, you'll obviously correct me, it seems that you are dealing with organizations that are across the board. Across the board. Religious causes, army causes, because we just announced the cause match campaign you're doing with the uh, Michael Levin Center. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, educational causes, causes that are not necessarily based in the U.S. or Israel. Correct. Right, international causes that could be based anywhere in this uh, on this globe. We have clients around the world, from the U.K. to Latin America, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, I mean, really everywhere. So what's the message? Yeah. What are we telling people if um, if they want to embark on what we've done, have an effective online campaign? What should their entree be to cause match? Well, they've got to follow your uh, your example. Follow Michael. my lead is right. Yeah, hey, I've been praising you guys now for over a year. <laughs> you've <laughs> handled our campaign really well. Well, you've been killing it. So well, you're up there. <laughs> <all right. laughs> But it seems that everyone you work with that makes their goal. Am I wrong about that? So it's interesting. The way that we work is uh, when you work with Cosmatch, it's not just the platform that you're getting, but a whole uh, professional team that's working with you in the fundraising strategy. And so... You know, that's why you'll see so many campaigns that we're working with the clients in setting a, an ambitious but realistic goal for their campaign and then implementing a really effective peer-to-peer crowdfunding strategy to reach that goal. Right. And even though some people are stubborn and don't always follow instructions exactly, <laughs> if one would follow <laughs> instructions exactly, they would benefit from that and likely achieve the success you're describing. 100%. And, and the truth is, look, not all campaigns get to 100% or even <laughs> into the bonus round. And, and the truth is, that's important for, for, for donors to know, right. right? We are not into, you know, putting funny money into campaigns or anything like that. Because if you're $10,000 short or $50,000 short, your donors should know that, right? And they should know that they need, they, they need your, you need their support and, and they should step up. Jeremy Stern is here from Cause Match. Now, I'm going to address my American audience for a moment. Okay. And you'll tell me if I'm wrong, because obviously you have no choice in the, in your industry but to work with people around the world, right? Yeah. You have staff members who literally are around U.S., India, other places, yeah. right? Can I assume the majority of your employees are living in Israel or yeah. not? Oh, yeah. beautiful. We're based down the block. So <laughs> I'm, no, yeah, but it doesn't mean the majority. But yeah, you're but saying the, majority. the majority so are in Israel. I am yeah. now going to tell our, our audience members in New York and New Jersey and in the United States in general. You have an opportunity here not just to be with an outfit that's going to do really well for you in terms of fundraising at reasonable rates, by the way. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not taking us for a ride. You, you ain't keeping 50% of the money. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. I, in fact, if people realize how little it was, it would encourage them further, but we're not going to get into that right now. I don't have to be your salesman this morning. <laughs> but what I will say is that for the people in the U.S., they have an opportunity to support a company that is employing people who live in Israel. Yeah. You are literally helping to send Jewish kids to school in Israel, to put food on the table for families in Israel, to you know, uh, give them the money they need to sustain themselves in Israel. And right. I think that's really important. And yeah. I, I want people to understand that the majority of the people that work with you are living here. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and we have partners as well, as you know, but our partners around the world, right? right? Uh, but, but our base of operations is here. The majority of our company is, uh, is here in Israel, which means that I didn't, I didn't realize before this before I made Aliyah, but the work, the work week in Israel is Sunday to Thursday. Right. But that means that our staff here, since we work with American clients, are really working Sunday through Friday. So uh, that's, a, that's an additional, additional advantage. By the way, I'm going to say one other thing to our American leaders of organizations and, and, and charities. 
when you go to sleep at night, I, I should say it differently. When you wake up in the morning, all the work's done. Because Cosmatch has already taken the opportunity. You know, it, when it's 9 a.m. in the United States, it's 4 p.m. here. Right. You've done a day's worth of work for that cause right. as people are just waking up and starting their day, right. getting to the office at 9 o'clock. Another big advantage. I'm not saying that you can't work with people in the United States. I'm sure there's plenty <laughs> of great companies that are based in the same time zone as we normally are in. But it is something when you're able to wake up in the morning and everything that you ask the people uh, in, in the fundraising campaign to take care of is already done. It's already on your desk. Not only are because we're an international company, we have tech support that's 24 hours a day, 24-6. Um, not on Chavez. If your campaign's on Chavez, sorry, we, we can't <laughs> help you much. But if it's not on Chavez, then, then, then you're totally set. Our tech support responds within seconds to issues that come up. Their commitment is to respond within two minutes to any issue that comes up during your campaign when campaign page is live. And because we have teams around the world, we're able to support 24 hours a day. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Stern, I thank you. It's been a pleasure. Wish us good luck on this campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Rumor has it you're going to be tossing in your own donation at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you can count on it. And wait, before, before I talk. leave, yeah, yeah, this is, this is for you now. Um, <laughs> this is your own box they want to of lim <laughs> limited edition cause matches. A cause match. Yeah, those are Literally. cause matches. They are great matches. First by the of way. all, Mrs. Siegel will love these because <laughs> they are perfect for lighting the Shabbos candles. For Shabbos candles, Hanukkah's coming up. They and are Hanukkah's. great matches. Those are your box of but, cause but matches. Just, uh, just in case, because I don't want to be, I don't want to be the subject of a setup here. Yeah. Uh, if they do make it into my suitcase, am I going to be taking off the plate? You're or not? allowed to bring <laughs> a box of matches on the plane. I, I can put them in the suitcase. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't know I, that. Uh, we, we've looked into you, it. You, you, you've, you've investigated this, this <laughs> yes. question before. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I thank you. One of the best gifts I've gotten there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, and best way for people to get information, causematch.com, I assume. Um, and to reach out to me directly, Jeremy at causematch.com, Jeremy at causematch.com, or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm really active there, as you all knows as well. That's it. Thank you, Jeremy. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nelson. All right. We are rolling. We are, ro yeah, we are rolling here. Just rolling. Another $360 just came in from Anonymous. Thank you for all your hard work. Thank you very much for that. Listener Cena came all the way from North Miami Beach. Wow. North Miami. That must be like 100 or 200 miles away from here. All the way from North Miami Beach to join us for our, for our event last night and for our broadcast today. Shal As we say in Jerusalem, shalom. Shalom. Been, uh, it's been over 30 years since you've been in Jerusalem. Sadly, yes. Well, not sadly. You, you made it. You're here. I did make it. Baruch Hashem. But the last time you were here was over 30 years ago. Yep. Very, very different. Anyway, it's good to have, as, as now being a member of the welcoming committee in Jerusalem, welcome to Jerusalem. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> a, a position I got somehow yesterday. I'm not quite sure how. Well, there you go. Anyway, so here you go. The person who's responsible for the bulk of our programming, the person who, was, um, who sends me all my scripts for all the spoken word portions of my show, uh, the person who dominates our airways with birthday and anniversary wishes to a degree that nobody else can understand how she has such access to this network. Well, I have been asked many times how much I pay you, <laughs> um, but, but to prove that it's real, my daughter, as you know, I'm spending a week with one of my daughters here. Right. And her twins had a birthday this year, significant, 18. And I went back because I was pretty sure that the announcement of their birth oh in God. 2004 oh 
was the very first announcement that I sent you after we re-met and rekindled our friendship at the Crown the Crown Hotel, which Pesach is of 2004. Pesach of 2004 was by shared that your program got canceled and oh you moved over God. to us. That's my husband, right. Elvis Sean, was managing both programs. I remember that. And um, there were the seagulls sitting next to us with those cute little triplets and the rest of the crew at the time. And Man. I don't know, we just became... Our families became buds. You just became the script writer for all of our spoken I guess words. So. Well, I am a writer, so there you go. I do write. I do write. I write. Um, I write journal ads. You Hold came. On. You came six thousand miles. I did. You may as well tell everybody why they should be supporting our efforts here. Because there's just nobody like you, and nobody, nothing like JM and the AM. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would applaud, but we were told to be extremely quiet. I, I mean, I just literally, I, I just actually, and I, I really do want to. I just have to say one thing. I digress for one moment. Part of the reason I was able to make this trip, you know, my husband passed away last right. year, and I was very apprehensive about doing this whole trip and traveling myself. And it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And I found out that my daughter was going to be here a week before, and I said, hey, you want to stay a week? And now we're buds. And it made the, the my coming, you know, feel like so much easier. And I just I felt that when I knew you were going to be here, and here she is coming along, like, she didn't have to come along, but she said, no, I want to be here. I want to see this. I want to, I want to be a part of, of listening in to what you do every single day. When I put on your app in the morning, wow, that was a great song. I'm so inspired. I'm not making it up. I was inspired for my day. Thank you. And, and uh, you know this. We speak every week, and, and I, I tell you, you know, listen, I'm one person, and my opinion is, you know, minute in your vast listening audience, but... You just, I don't know, you get on the air, and so often people ask me, what's the deal with Nachum? Like, <laughs> like, is he on the air, like the same off the air? Like, is he put on? And I said, nope. I said, he is what you hear, what you see. It's the same on the air. It's the same off the air. <laughs> Thank you very much. And and to me, it, you know, when you used to, started calling, you know, Ira Olavashalm on Fridays, and a few other people did, and, you know, some people sort of, <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> I don't know the wife as well, whatever. And but when, you know, and I never posted that you called. I just said, oh, that special caller, because you know. But now, <laughs> but it it to to feel that level of friendship with you and Stacy and your family. I don't know. It's just special. Well, thank you very it's, much. It's very special. I don't know what to say. I feel like applauding again. <laughs> <laughs> listener Cena, everybody. Yes, that listener Cena from North Miami Beach. Do I, t- do I have time for one very quick anecdote? Sure. Okay. A num- my husband was a, a Baltfila. He never called himself a Chazan, but <coughs> he was Baltfila, and he davened for the Yom and Marayim in many different places. One of the places he davened was in um, was in Deerfield Beach. And oh, but I'm sorry, it wasn't Yom and Marayim. We spent a Shabbos in Delray Beach with friends. We went to Shul, and they had a very nice kiddush afterwards, and where you know everybody's milling around, getting to know each other. And the, the rabbi of the shul, who was our friend, was introducing us to another couple. So she said, oh, this is Sina and Ira Eisenman. They're from North Miami Beach. And we, you know, f- spoke a little bit. And then this lady taps me. I, I told you this. This lady taps me on the shoulder. And she says, Sina? Like, listener Sina on JM in the AM? I said, yeah. She said, oh, I thought it was fictitious. I thought it was a publicity stunt. Oh, gosh. 
Now those days are gone. I don't do that anymore. Right. And you also, when I started giving you announcements, you used to play them at the time that you knew my son-in-law, Yaakov Gifter, was taking his kids to school. So they all got to hear I'm the... a programming genius. Right. And then you started bumping my announcements up to the last 10 minutes, which is like prime time, which is when the person asked me how much I paid you. I'll so. tell you. So, yeah, Cena, you leave me speechless. Very dangerous yeah, in this industry. Yeah, a lot of people say that. What can I tell you? Uh, listener Cena, everybody, reminds uh, everyone here. No, no thanks. Uh, reminds everybody here that you got to give and support JM and the AM. Just go to uh, yes, yes, fjbunity.org. Yes. fjbunity.org. And, of course, go to uh, causematch.com slash fjb22. Causematch.com slash fjb22. We are doing our... Kickoff, the day of giving kickoff to our annual year-end fundraiser in Jerusalem. We're doing it in Jerusalem. That's right. And we need your help to make it a success. More coming up. Moshe, I just want to make sure. I'm going to play some music. I just want to make sure it's going on the air. You'll, you'll tell me if I'm right. Uh, more coming up. It's a Thursday morning edition from Jerusalem of JM and the A.
a.m. in the a.m. It's uh, Gershon Varoba in the uh, remastered, re-released Man to Man album. Of all the songs that we've been featuring, of all the songs that we've been featuring from that album, it's funny that I've always been choosing that one. Anyway, Gershon Varoba is going to join us next week in the JMM studios in Teaneck, New Jersey. Today we're in our Jerusalem studio. And uh, again, he'll be with us in our Teaneck studio next week. We'll talk about the official release of the remastered and re-released man-to-man album. Rabbi Uri Pulichowski, who hails from, uh, well, he hails from Itzbe Yericho, but to, the, to some of our listeners, the name may be familiar to you because he spent a lot of time in Fairlawn, New Jersey. And then he spent time on the west coast of the United States in a state called California. And I then did. he was in the very free state of Florida. <laughs> like so. And now he's in the very free state of Israel, Baruch Hashem. Thank God. Freest state there is. Rabbi Uri Polachowski, Senior Educator Zionist Education Initiative here at Nefesh Benefesh. I made a comment the other day. And we had an opportunity, Baruch Hashem, to spend some time together earlier in the week. And I made a comment to someone that you're, it seems to me, again, just from an initial observation, that you have this incredible ability to be what we call a Baal Mazbir. You have a, an incredible ability to explain a, um, a circumstance, geography, history, stories of, you know, things. And I, I, I hope you feel that. I hope that you, when you do transmit all this information to students and adults like myself, I hope you get the feeling that you're doing so in a really organized, well-fashioned manner. I put a lot of work into it, and I come from a family of teachers. So. Oh, seriously? Yeah, mother, grandmother. So, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a family business. Thank God. When did you first fall in love with this country? First fall in love with this country. So I came here first uh, for a gap year and when I was 18 for yeshiva and, uh, and le- stayed for eight years. So I uh, didn't leave, didn't go back. My, uh, my mother encouraged me to stay. My father encouraged me to stay. Wow. Yeah, so I stayed for eight years, fell in love, and then was brought to California, but uh, always made sure that everybody knew that we were on our way back to Israel. And eventually it did happen. It did. Thank a little God. stopover in Florida. And then a little stopover. We, we, I mean, we made our way with the layovers. And we should mention your wife, who's here, is the mayor of Mitzvah Yericho. Correct. And a lot of people, um, actually, <laughs> your wife's not here. Right. I thought you said she's here, so I turned around. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know she came to work today. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Maybe I saw her here last night. All of a sudden, I think she's spending all this time in the right. building. Anyway, anyway, a lot of people tuned in right now have never heard of Mitzvah Yericho. How would you describe where it is and what it is? Impossible is the one that's heard of it. It is, uh, it's, as you're coming off Yerushalayim, everybody that's listening that's been to the Dead Sea has, has seen it and passed it. Um, and some people might have even stopped in and looked at it. it is, uh, it's 20 minutes outside Yerushalayim, north, uh, northeast of Yerushalayim. So you go up a little right. and, then, uh, and then out towards Jordan. And uh, it's a small yeshuv, 500 before families. Before you hit the city of Yericho. Before you hit the city of Yericho, uh, we overlook Yericho. Mitzpeh has a double meaning. It means to look over and also the hope, the hope of Yericho. We hope to go back. Like Harat Sofim. Harat Sofim, exactly. Yeah. So that's the idea. So it's a, it's a hope, and, uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful town with vistas like you can't believe and silent all the time. It feels like Shabbat every day. And um, for those wondering... It is in the what we would call the Yudav uh, Shomron, Judean Judean hills, right? Is it a no, no, Judean it desert? Be. It's in the desert, Judean desert, desert Judean desert. And and I say it like that because um, often there are people who are tuned in right now who would say an American boy would go and want to live there over the quote unquote green, green line. line, but but. 
You've you know, gone it, ahead and done it. It always surprises me when people live over the green line in Tel Aviv, Netanya, Modian, <laughs> Renana. You know, that's that's over the green line for us. You know? uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's beautiful. You know, a lot of people see ideology. They see extremism over the green line. But it's just a beautiful place to live. Uh, it's it's the heartland of our homeland, and that's why I uh, that's why we live there. It's it's just it's a beautiful place. And look, I got to be honest, it's more affordable than other places. So right. it's a place that a lot of people look to because it's just convenience. You get more property. It's just uh, you get a lot of land. I, I don't share walls with anybody, and I have my own driving range. So if like you're into golf and you can't make it up to Caesarea, so that's uh, you want to go to a place like Mitzvah. I told you there are a couple of seagulls. I got to come <laughs> to visit your driving range. Or early Uri Pilachowski's with us. If you can, in two, three minutes, I don't know if it's possible, describe what you see every day in this building, the type of work you're doing on a daily basis in this building. So first of all, i got to tell you, what I see in this building is a lot more than the work that my division in this building does. 98% of this organization is helping people make Aliyah and helping people that made Aliyah. Um, the people that work here are, are righteous tzaddikim. It's unbelievable what I see. My coworkers are absolutely incredible people that I'm jealous of, the merit that they have of helping tens of thousands. We had our 75,000th Ole this year come and land. 63 charter flights. It's incredible. Just to walk around this building and hear the backdrop. I don't know if they can hear it on the radio here, but the backdrop of everybody on the phones, every single person helping somebody else fulfill a dream of moving. And it's not just their dream. It's the dream of our, our, our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents yeah. for 2,000 years to be able to come to this land. So the first thing that I see are all my coworkers. Um, that's, that's absolutely incredible. I see uh, the marketing team that markets Aliyah. Who gets to market a mitzvah? Right? It's incredible. It's a whole team of people that are marketing a mitzvah um, and, and programming for people that made Aliyah, that helped to stay. That those, those people, the PR department, the communications department, the IT department, which is building systems to help people make Aliyah. It's absolutely incredible. So that's the first thing I see. I myself get to, get to uh, lead a division on education where we're bringing the heart of Israel, of what the state of Israel is all about, Zionism. It's what it's built on. What America has in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we have Zionism. The values of the Jewish people having a right to determine their own future in their historic homeland, in the land of Israel, that's, that's what we get to educate. And we're not trying to convince people to be Zionists. We're trying to get people to think about the issues. If the issues that people don't think, we get so carried away with the nitty-gritty of this election and that election and this issue and that issue. These, these issues are temporal. They're going to disappear. I'm not saying they're not important. But the real heart of the matter of what we want to build as a state, that's what I challenge the, the guests that come into our building, the groups that of come in. Of any age. Of any age. We've had uh, ninth graders and we've had ninth-year-olds. Right. Um, so any age. College today. professors. Today we had a Shalavim for Women. Is a seminary so in New This is a gap year, right? That's it's a gap year program. A hundred, uh, hundred young women, about eighteen to twenty years old, um, and it was wonderful. A wonderful Did you get program. The feeling that for them it was a real education, like a lot of them were not familiar with. Yes, yeah, so so uh, you know when you it, it, most people um, do not know what Zionism is all about. They have some preconceived notion, and we go through and just have discussions. I'm not. It's not so much teaching; it's leading a discussion about what Zionism is, and that's really what uh, what we're trying and to accomplish. You could do that with a group of a hundred. You could do that with a group of five hundred. Give me five hundred, I'll do it with five hundred. It's for hard. Sure. I mean, those are discussions that are, you know, you're trying to hold everyone's attention. It's, it's great. Easy. It's very, yeah, look, that's, uh, that, yeah, that's what I'm paid for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not suggesting you don't do your job <laughs> right. well. Right, right. I'm your biggest fan. Right. <laughs> um, so what would you think is the, the greatest area of ignorance? And, and I know that's impossible because everyone's different and there are things that people are familiar with and they're not familiar, familiar with other things. But if they're, look, you've been here a long time. You've been doing these educational courses a long time. If, if you could convince or convey to the Jewish people, 
or especially to American jury who are visiting Israel, one thing about the values you discussed, what, what would it be? That you to, to boil down, one thing that people don't recognize is the fact that the Jewish people is a nation. We're a nation. We're Am Yisrael. We're Israelites, right? We're not, we're not a, just a religion. Somebody tells you you're just a religion, it's one of the most anti-Semitic things people could say because they're robbing us of our peoplehood. They're robbing us of who we are as a nation. People of religion don't deserve a land. Islam, Christianity, they don't get a land. There's Christians all over the world. There are Muslims all over the world. But Jews are called Israelites because we stem from Israel. We, we're, Ju we're Jewish because we stem from Judea. So to understand that we have a right to land, people don't realize that. People don't realize we have a right to land. If somebody tells you that you're Jewish, um, so why do you deserve a land? Okay, so where are we from? Where are Jews from? If we're not from here, right, the joke that goes that, you know, when we were in Europe, they told us to go to Palestine. And now that we're in Palestine, they tell us to go back to Europe. Yeah, so where are Jews from? We'll go back to where we're from. Well, this is where we're from. We're from Jerusalem. We're from Judea. We're from Mitzvah Yericho. That's where we were. Uh, that's where we were our whole existence. And then we got thrown out. But we never left. We always had a small community here, and we always looked back. Shana Bab Yerushalayim, we ended two nights a year with it, and we said it three to five times a day, every single day for 2,000 years, and we mourned to come back here. And now we're fulfilling the dream, and we're not giving that up. That's what I would say. Phenomenal. Do you think that there's some students you saw today who are going to do what you did and stay for eight years? Uh, yeah, there are those that Seriously? mentioned it. There, yeah, no, there are people. It, it's more and more popular. I don't want to scare any, any parents of seniors <laughs> in high school. I know you're a parent of a senior <laughs> in high school. Yeah, so I don't want to scare anybody. But I got to tell you, I, I, when I, you know, I stayed, and it was very, it was very rare. It was maybe one or two people. But in these, you know, shut off places, gap year programs, um, not just yeshivas and seminaries, but young Judea, Bar Ilan, universities, right? universities, people are staying. Young people recognize that the future of the Jewish people is in this land. It's not anywhere else. And if you want to be part of the future, this is where you're going to be. Can't thank you enough for joining us today. Thanks for coming. Rabbi Uri, Uri Polachowski from Itzbei Yericho. Itzbei Yericho. And here as the Senior Educator Zionist Education Initiative for Nefesh and Nefesh. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, those of you in Farallon, by the way, if the name Polachowski rings a bell, that's where uh, Uri hailed from. We talked about L.A., we talked about uh, Florida, but he also, of course, has roots in New Jersey. And... Um, uh, the Pilachowski family from Fairlawn, New Jersey. More coming up on a uh, Thursday morning edition. Now, a reminder, a very important reminder, that today's our Thursday of giving. We, are, uh, we have opened up our website at causematch.com slash FJB22. We came to Israel and, um, and went ahead and, uh, and, and made our Thursday day of giving from Jerusalem to show uh, everybody that we're making an effort, as we have done for the last 39 years, to bring interesting guests to these airways. Already this morning, we've experienced that. And I'd like everybody who enjoys this program on a daily basis to please respond to our plea and to please join our end-of-year fundraiser. Go to causematch.com slash FJB22, causematch.com slash FJB22. Go to FJBUnity.org. Again, go to FJBUnity.org and participate with us in our annual fundraiser. More coming up. This is a um, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM with Eighth Day. Today is precious, one of a kind. It's so many ways are making me blind. Under the surface, hidden behind facades and filters. So I live in the moment, I open my eyes. All of the beauty. Whoa. 
won't pass me by Life is much more than comments and likes Approval from strangers If you feel alone and not enough When you're lost and out of touch There's more to you than what the screen will show I look up and see There's a big world made for me It's my life
J.M. in the A.M., Thursday morning. And it is with great pleasure that we welcome a wonderful friend back to these airwaves, Fleur Hassan Nahum. I hope I pronounced that correctly. You're probably the only person who does pronounce and it correctly. And I remember the days when I was <laughs> criticized for not pronouncing it correctly, so I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> Deputy Mayor of the Holy City of Jerusalem, could you please, I'm begging you, yes. could you please... Welcome me officially to the holy city of Jerusalem. Well, Please. I came all the way here to the Nefesh Benefesh building, which we are so proud it's pretty amazing. Uh, that it's here in our city flagship building, a home for immigrants, for Olim. And so I came all the way here to officially welcome you to the city of Jerusalem. Tadarabai, I would applaud, but we're being criticized for making too much noise. So very quietly. Oh, come on. They love it. Come I hope so. I hope you're you, right you about that. You brought the party to Nefesh Boy, do I hope you're right about that. <laughs> uh, all right. So now th this is really important, and I'm not kidding around, because our listeners have become familiar with this tradition of mayors from around the world gathering. Yes. And you have just informed me off the air, and I said we should discuss this in front of the audience, uh, that you've been part of a very important uh, event over the last couple of days. Explain what's going on. So it's very exciting. Every year we have, in Israel, we have this organization called the Federation of Local Authorities, which is run by Chaim Bibas, mm. who is also the mayor of Modi'in. Great guy. And every year he does this conference. And for years I've been telling him, Chaim, we need to bring part of the conference to the holy city of Jerusalem, to our capital city. It's not acceptable to me that you have 80 mayors from around the world coming and staying in Tel Aviv, and they don't even come here. So it started a few years back. I started bringing missions of foreign mayors to the city during the time that he was doing the conference. And this year, he actually partnered with the city of Jerusalem. And so we had all the international mayors here yesterday all day long. So I had lunch with them, I had dinner with them, that's why I couldn't come to your event last night. And uh, and today I was there on a panel. What's the theme of the gathering this year? Or so is there no one theme? There's no one theme. I think what's really interesting is that what you find is that mayors have, from around the world, we have much more that unites us than what divides us. City problems seem pretty pretty consistent. similar. I mean, <laughs> I, I can, t very <laughs> consistent. <laughs> I can tell you, I receive at least two, three missions a week for international missions of different cities. Everybody's got the same problem. Everybody the needs same their issues. garbage collected. Right. Everybody's dealing with urban issues. Everybody's dealing with building and planning. Well, issues. we have something in New York that you don't have here. Which is? Did you hear about the rat problem we have in New York? Well, you, you think we don't have a rat problem is here? Is there one here? No, we have a cat problem here. Right. That <laughs> I know about. That I know about. So it's a somewhat equal. Huh? <laughs> so no matter what, there's always a nuisance that's, uh, that's plaguing the city. But it's funny <laughs> you should say that because my son, my son is in the army and he is 
a radio engineer in Army Radio. I'm so proud of him. Call like a vote. And he called me up this morning that he showed up to his to the studio, which is actually very close to here, right. Army Army Radio. And Galetal, there was I assume. Galetal, and he's an engineer. And there was a huge rat. <laughs> so this kid calls me that there's a rat in the red studio. Uh, so yeah, we have a problem here well, too. <laughs> well, the one thing I could say about that is you need more cats now in Jerusalem. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Flora Sadnahum is with us, and she is deputy mayor of the holy city of Jerusalem. Um, so aside from those yes. municipal problems, municipal when problems. I walk around this city, I take see? great pride in all the incredible positive changes from the last time that I visited here. What are some of the things that are going on that our listeners who haven't had the opportunity to be here recently should know about? So to this mayor's credit, uh, Moshe Leon, he's really, first of all, cleaned up the city. The city is spotless. It is now the cleanest, I would say one of the cleanest cities in the country. And you know what it should be? It's the capital city. It's our 3,000... Capital of the Jewish people. Capital of the Jewish people. Capital of the state of Israel. 3,000-year-old city that is, you know, a gem to the world. It should be clean, and he's cleaned it up. So let's start with that. I mean, he is obsessive. If I'm somewhere and I see a mess on the street, I literally take a picture, I send it to the mayor directly. Within half an hour, he sent a truck. He's obsessive. So you're going to say within a half hour, he's got a broom. <laughs> <laughs> he sends a truck. He sends a truck. It's pretty good. Um, so first of all, he's cleaned up the city. Secondly, he's really amped up the um the the building projects in the city in because words, those could be delayed like crazy right well, they are delayed with by a crazy. lot of red tape and uh, a lot of bureaucracy exactly. so he wants to speed things up he wants to speed things up and and during covid when everybody was home watching netflix he <laughs> made sure that the building projects the new sidewalks the new roads the new streets the new benches that everything continued. He says there's no reason why we should stop. Nobody's on the street. This is the moment. So the new roads and tunnels that I was on and under last night are all COVID projects? Well, they, they didn't start. And but I'm saying they were accelerated yes, during COVID? they were COVID? accelerated during COVID because the mayor was really um, pushing forward all of these infrastructure changes. You know, it's changes. interesting. He's in the, I'm being serious when I say this. He's in the tradition of some great Jerusalem mayors. There have been some great Jerusalem mayors yes. in history who have done what you just described, yeah. who, who get things done and progress as quickly as possible. Mayor Leon is, is a manager, an incredible manager, so he knows how to get things done. We've built more parks in the last few years. We've done a lot for East Jerusalem, the Arab side. You know, For many, many years, consecutive mayors didn't really know how to handle right. East Jerusalem. They're almost 40% of the population now. You can't ignore it. So, you know, we are one city. The city has to look like one city. Does he have a good relationship with East Jerusalem? The best ever. Leadership? He the does? best ever. The best relationship a mayor has ever had with the Arabs of East Jerusalem. He yeah. meets up with them regularly. He, you know, he resources them for culture, for parks and recreations. He's got a relationship with the community council leaders. We have We are the only city in the country that took the American model of community boards, mm. neighborhood boards. We have that here. Right, literally the only citizens. City. Citizens right. in their neighborhood being some type of neighborhood leadership. Mm -hmm. How do we do things with the Arab side of the city? Because the neighborhood leaders 
are very close to the mayor, tell him what they need, and the mayor and the mayor delivers. Pretty amazing. And so it's 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 a change because it's 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 a change that needed to happen. You can't keep saying we're one city and the city look like two cities. You can't do that. Are immigrants still moving to Jerusalem, or the prices are way too high for the average immigrant to consider it? Well, the good news is that Tel Aviv prices are higher than ours. <laughs> is that a fact? So now? Yes, it is. It's a fact. So we have about we have the largest number of immigrants. We are the city that absorbs the largest number of immigrants every year. They don't all stay right. in the city, but a lot of them start off in the city. We have about two and, two and a half to 3,000 immigrants coming to the city. So a big rental year. community here in Jerusalem. Big rental community, and we, we're building more and more uh, homes for young families. We're also um, advancing lots of projects for affordable rentals for young families. It is in our interest that young families stay in the city, Immigrate to the city. We need to give the city diverse, a brain gain, not a brain drain. And so we're working very, very hard on this. Does Jerusalem benefit or not, or it makes no difference in terms of who the next government is? Well, this mayor is actually very talented at getting money for the city from practically any government because he's one of those people that has a great... He's been in the system for many years. First of all, he was Bibi's... Um, a director general oh. of the prime minister's office the first time Bibi was prime minister. Big advantage. The, the, this past finance minister, Lieberman, is his best friend. Um, and the previous finance minister, Moshe Kahlon, was also a close friend. Moshe Leon is, is just a nice guy, so people like him. And he manages to do well with every single government because he knows how to be a professional. So I'm hoping it won't affect us. I'm hoping it'll be good. From my perspective, you know, all my friends are back, so uh, right. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> good point. And you were, you were surprised with that result? Or? No, I'm thrilled. No, but surprised or not? Like it didn't... A little. I was a little pessimistic uh, because, listen, it we had... It looked like it would be the same kind of election it, that it was it the first five to me, times. Right? Exactly. It seemed to me that it was the same thing all over again. And I, we were all woke up pleasantly surprised. I'm glad Bibi's back. You know, I think there's there's no better prime minister for the state of Israel. Tell me about Dubai. Are you still uh, shuttling back and forth? I still. Well, I actually have some uh, some n interesting and nice news involving the Let's Americans. So I created three years ago a program in the city called Fem Forward. I'm the co-founder, and it's basically taking women in high tech in junior management positions and doing some type of uh, course mentorship um, skills building and catapulting them into senior management positions because what we found in the numbers is that men and women start in the same level and somehow women get left behind and the men advance towards senior management. So we created a program to close that gap, Jewish and Arab women in the city. It's been very successful and we just got uh, generously funded by the American Embassy in Jerusalem nice. to bring it to all the Abraham Accords. So now I'm going to be doing a female-wide Abraham Accords program for, for women in technology. Dubai, Bahrain. Morocco. Morocco. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Work. So I'm very excited. Well, you're relentless when it comes to that uh, initiative. Uh, well, I think it's the future of our region. Right. We need to continue building You've warm said this ties. From the beginning. I, when I first met you in Dubai? Correct. From the beginning. It's like, uh, I mean, I said this to you then, and, I, and my audience has heard me say this so many times since then. Growing up, as an American day school religious kid, I did not know that it was possible to have good relations with Arab countries. We never knew that. And I mean... Look, I come from a different place correct. because I'm Sephardi. 
So I knew how my family lived in Morocco, which was in peace and harmony, how my family lived in Gibraltar with the Muslim community. I knew it could be better. You know, and I'm just so happy that we've come back to that. And it's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I learned an important lesson that, that has not left me till now. I can tell you that much. And it's one that we have to continue to hammer home because there's well, still that's the thing. plenty of kids growing up in a place like the United States who still don't realize it. So Exactly. They don't realize and they don't realize that ultimately the stability of our region involves Israel being accepted as a regional partner, developing economic collaboration, social collaboration, cultural collaborations, and just people building trust. That's really the only way forward. Pretty amazing. I can't thank you enough for welcoming us to Jerusalem. Thank you, Nachum. It's always great being on always your show. Always great to have you here and, uh, and continue your amazing work. And our best regards to the mayor. Thank <laughs> you so much. I will pass them on. I appreciate that. Flora Hassan Nahum, who is the Deputy Mayor of the Holy City of Jerusalem. Tadaraba. Thank you. Nahum. Thank you so much. More coming up. I do want to remind our listeners that we are in the midst of our uh, Thursday of giving. This is the day that kicks off our annual fundraising campaign to support the efforts of JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. A big thank you to Harry Fruman. Says, Mazel of and the Torah dedication. May you continue to go from strength to strength. A big thank you to Linda Allen, who never, ever forgets us. Thank you, Nahum, and your entire team for bridging the distance between Jews in Israel. Yes, that's one of the reasons we're here and one of the reasons we try to broadcast <coughs> as often as possible <coughs> Excuse me, from here is to bridge that gap um, uh, between the diaspora and uh, the Jewish people. Uh, Danny Seaman is with us. Please, Babakashat, Daraba. Danny Seaman is with us. Danny Seaman is past director of the government press office here in the state of Israel. A pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. It's my pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Were you surprised by the results of the most recent election in the state of Israel? No, actually I wasn't. I was um, I actually, yes, because I was expecting 65, not uh, 64. Uh, just if you walked around Israel, if you spoke to people, you knew where things were going. So Why so different from the prior four or five elections? Because many of us thought we're just going to see a repeat of what's been happening. Because we got it shoved in our face what the alternative is. And most Israelis, and I'm saying most Israelis, regardless of their political affili affiliation, this is also true about a lot of Israelis who are uh, on the left wing. Israel has a very strong bond with its heritage. I mean, we're, we're all proud of the Zionist um, Jewish state of Israel. We are proud of those Jewish values. As you can see, I'm not particularly religious. I'm what you would consider a secular Israeli. But one of the things I loved was when my kids come back from uh, the Gan, from uh, kindergarten, and they're, they were Abba or Ima Shel Shabbat. Um, I, I, growing up here with our education system, though we did study Bible, unlike what they were trying to do recently, I love the, the heritage, and I feel that many of us who are secular were cheated out of our heritage, which is all the wisdom in the Judaism that has to, to, to give us. And with social media, one of the positive things is that a lot of Israelis are posting, for example, the stories of Shabbat and Parashat Shavua. I learned a lot from that. But if I may, why didn't we see that a year before? Why, why, why did it um, take till now to get to this? They never, well, first off, there was a lot of, uh, come from working with the media, there was a very um, consistent effort 
to undermine the, the legitimacy of Netanyahu. While and, he was in office. And while he was in office. and His, presenting The greatest gift he got was being tossed out. Yes, <laughs> I said that. I actually said that to him. That he first of all gave him a, a, a time to, to, to rest a right. little, but he also saw how the people of Israel feel about him, and he gave Israelis to see what the alternative is. And uh, there may be an alternative. I'm not saying that you know, we're a, we are right. a democratic country, at least us on the right wing. We see it that way. But... Um, Many Israelis didn't know what the, they, they certainly didn't want this extremism to where it went, and that meant stopping with, bi- with studies of the Bible, which it, it's not Bible studies the way Americans right. may see it. It's our heritage. It's right. who we are. It's what we're about. It's why we came here. My family came here from Afghanistan over a hundred years ago because they had heard then that Jews were returning, that the uh, Shivat Zion had begun. So they came to see it in the mid nineteen ninety mid nineteen teens packed up and came here in 1921. They were back in Israel because Jews were returning. And this is the similar story for a lot of Israelis, especially those from the Mizrah, who are most of them are conservative and right-wing supporters. So when this was being done against us, it, it was clear, and there was no real alternative. With all due respect to the personality sitting in the prime minister's office, they weren't at the, at the level of what the, the right-wing had to offer. So... To me, it was clear that people were not pleased with this attempt to, to impose upon us these values that not many Israelis share. Danny Seaman is with us, past director of the government press office here in Israel. And it's funny because I, um, I had said that, um, that Bibi had, had taken this time off and realized that this was the shift or this was the direction that the country was going in. But based on the way you're painting it, if he wouldn't have had that time off, he may never have realized it. He had to <laughs> implement what he saw into his brilliant diplomatic strategy. There's a saying in Israel, I think that Ariel Sharon was the first one to say it, that things that you see from the prime minister's office is not what you see from outside. Right. Yes, but there's even more than that. And I worked with the prime minister's office for 25 years and in government for over 30 years. And one of the things I saw with, the, with those sitting in the prime minister's office, you sometimes get... Uh, you're you're surrounded by a lot, and you don't really feel what is going on with the public. You can hear you're it in from a bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they're, they're, you're kept in that. Some people, it's yeah. convenient for them. Some people around him, but President it's also the United States being accused of that right now. Yeah, so you being don't isolated. Isolated. Uh, um, you're focused on out of what touch. They like to say out of touch. Right? Well, he certainly is not out of touch in that sense because he has a vision of what he wants and where he thought Israel should should go. But sometimes you don't see what the general public is feeling and how they see things. And uh, I think it was good that he first got got that because all the criticism being directed at him by the media, you don't get to see how the public actually feels. So now without all the security around him, he was traveling around Israel. And it was really, I hadn't seen that since the time of Menachem Begin. I remember uh, there was a picture of him, I think, in an airport sitting on a suitcase waiting for a delayed flight or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I said to myself, wow, it's such a different experience for him. He doesn't have that. (laughs) (laughs) That that whole circle of people that are watching over every movie makes it's humbling in a sense, which is good. It's good to have our leaders humble from time to time. For him, it must have been, but. Um, you know what? I would have thought so, but the, the more I know him and I know members of his family, um, he really doesn't care about those things. Contrary to what people think, yeah. he's very focused on what has to be done for Israel. And so this gave him an opportunity to, to write his book. Right. Now he's going to have to rewrite because there are going to be some more chapters right. that are going to be added, which is good. <laughs> and um, it's also that he felt that the people want him to continue with what he was doing. And all you're hearing in the media, ignore them. We hope that he can continue with that. What do you think of the United Nations recognition of Nakba Day? 
what did Ben Gurion say about them? Um shmum, and more than that, he said it doesn't matter what the UN says; it matters what the Jewish people right. do. So, look, I'm not surprised. I'm good that these things come out there, so we don't have this false uh, feeling that oh, you know, if we're just like everybody else, everybody will love us. Nobody will ever love us. I think uh, Herzl understood that. Jabotinsky understood that. Uh, Bibi understands that. What is important is making us powerful, strong, and that the people around us understand not only to respect us, but that they can benefit and it becomes an interest of theirs to have a good, viable Israel here. And that's what we should be, con- we should be worried about, how we promote ourselves, and not worry about what the others have to but say about, about us. But what about when, when things like that manifest themselves in some practical matters, like what's happening now with the World Court? Right. Uh, that's not so much the UN. That's more. Right, uh, that's more Al Jazeera and beyond but that. That's Qatar and correct, Qatar. Is but if pr- we look at the UN as more symbolic, there are times when things become very practical. People, Israeli officials, worried at a time they'd enter a certain country, they may be escorted out, or they wouldn't be legally allowed to visit there because of certain regulations. They don't visit. You know, that, that's one of the things irritates me is these. Uh, there are those Israelis who are concerned with the, not only the image, but uh, how they can't travel and uh, don't travel in other places. First off, I don't know any of your listeners who have been here to Israel. It's a wonderful country. It's very small, but you have here magnificent <laughs> things, not only the historical sites and the religious sites. The country itself is phenomenal. Come here, visit here, and Israelis can enjoy it. I, maybe one good thing that came out of the corona was that Israelis had to stay here. Suddenly, many of them realized how wonderful this country is. So you have that uh, possibility. You don't have to travel abroad. Look at Klum. 2,000 years we traveled around. Well, let's enjoy our country for 200 years. <laughs> no, I get that. I just worry about, the, like in the Al Jazeera case, I worry that there could be real ramifications and real political fallout in some way. Yes, but that happens when you project uh, weakness. And right. if you project what we are, and we're a, we're a wonderful country that a lot of other countries, European, the United States, everybody talks about the American aid to Israel. Well, the American aid, they're not just giving it out out of charity. And they haven't stopped it, even though Israel's economy is one of the strongest in the world, in the top 10 in the world today. And because because a lot of this goes back to the United States. It's not only the money that we have to spend there. A lot of people don't know that. The money is not spent in Israel. It does purchases throughout right. over 40 states in the United States. And whoever decided that was very smart because right. you made them dependent on that. But the other thing is that the United States, we, pr- we provide R&D. And anybody involved in, in business or in high-tech understands that R&D is invaluable. And we have this experience and we share everything. Obama may not have been the biz- biggest supporter of the state of Israel, but he provided a lot of aid and development funding to develop a lot of these projects in Israel, military projects, because he understood how much it provided to the United States. And so, uh, unfortunately, we don't push that. And there are the, the uh, squad, as they're called right now in Congress, that they unfortunately doubled themselves recently in the yeah. recent elections. They're trying to end the aid to Israel. Not because of Israel so much, because they understand how much damage that will cause to the United States and to the strength of the United States. And this is something we have to push here. This is something we have to bring to the attention of American, not only the voters, but also um, Americans in the Congress, that your support of Israel is not a one-way street. It may have been years ago, and we, we appreciate that. But they have no greater supporter in the world than the state of Israel. I wonder if this is what's behind the AOC investigation, because they, they get the feeling, as you just described, that she and others are trying to undermine the Amer- what's best for the American military and the American system. I agree. And if you and, and uh, right now you'll see that uh, things will change and that's what I said when you project strength, when you right. project that you're proud of yourself and you know we have nothing to be ashamed of here. We're in <coughs> when you you ask about the military, uh, my son's in the military now. I served in the military. My daughter is going to be and many Israelis, I know a lot of your listeners, their children and and sure. let me just say as an Israeli, a former American as you can tell, but as an Israeli for over 50 years now, there is nothing we appreciate more than those Americans who are sending their most important part of their lives 
to serve here as lone soldiers. And these kids are wonderful. And this, uh, this bond, I served, for example, with Mike Oren. Mike Oren, who was a former ambassador. Jersey Mike, boy. Yes, and he and I served in the paratroopers, and there's no greater bond between two men, <laughs> heterosexual men, than two who served in the same company together. So like Mike, there are, there are thousands of Americans today who have served here and, and join us hand in hand. And we, we understand that, and this bond between us is vitally important for the continuation of the Jewish people. If Israel's right, is now the strongest it's been in whatever period of time you want to say, certainly since before, since, since the last normal election, right. let's put it that way. Can they withstand the other group that's at its strongest, the left media? Um, or do you disagree with me that the left media is as strong as it's been? Uh, they're not at the strongest. They're at their most uh, poisonous. Vicious, vicious poisonous, uh, because they understand that they're being weakened, because we're not playing into that uh, universalism and all the wokeness uh, because... Uh, oh yeah, that in and of itself is yeah, unique to today, that's true. Right, and Israelis, and I think the Jewish people in general, we have in our genes, we have this uh, more than any other people in history. We have, we're aware of dangers mm. before anybody else is aware of it. We, we've noticed because we've been through everything. And we understand the danger of being posed, posed, posed by uh, this globalism that's trying to undermine, uh, undermine the uniqueness of nationalism, of national pride, of religion and religious beliefs and the religious principles that have been at the, f at the foundation of uh, the Judeo-Christian uh, Western world. Uh, the Western world as we know it, uh, the irony of they're trying to mimic that but they took their, the, the, the basis of it from Judaism. Right. All these wonderful principles, these woke principles they're talking about, the essence of that is Judaism. So those turning against it are turning against themselves. So they understand, they're trying to impose this here in Israel and it's not going to work because, like I said, not only my grandparents but Jews from all over the world came here and wanted a place where they can be Jews. They suffered being Jews throughout the history they didn't give up. They could have very easily, and many did, but most of us kept our Jewish identity despite, and it wasn't the most popular thing in the world. We've been fortunate in the past, since World War II, up until recently, in recent years, that it wasn't acceptable be, to be anti-Semitic and anti-Jewish, and if you see it today, it, it's getting back to, I won't say worse, but it's certainly the way it used to be. And uh, this is an awakening call. If you want to be woke, the only thing Jews can be woke about is awaken to the danger that this is posing to us and our identity. And you're including the United States in that? Unfortunately, yes. I've seen it that didn't used to happen in the United States. I didn't see it, but now with social media, that's uh, there's a good part of social media, but the uh, negative part is, and maybe for us it's a good part because we are able to see it. People are hide behind the uh, anonymity of being in social media, and they allow themselves to say things. It's like person in a car. You drive your car, you're going to mouth off to the old lady crossing the street like you would never do in person. And here it's even worse because these things that they grow up in, they, they, they breathe in the air in a lot of these European countries and unfortunately in, in non-Jewish environments and they don't know anything else and it's being encouraged now by people and I won't even mention their names because they don't deserve to have their name mentioned but th th it's, it's fueling it. And uh, whenever hatred starts, to the first ones to suffer that are, are Jews. So I hope that now our radars are open and understanding and we can stand up to it. There was a Jewish presence of significance in Afghanistan until when? Um, my grandfather was the uh, Mukhtar of the, Ju the Jewish community in Afghanistan. In the teens. Uh, and yes, and he came here to Israel and was the head of the com Jewish community here and worked together with uh, President uh, Yitzhak Benzvi to bring the entire Jewish community here in the 1950s. So very few remained there. Jews. Many went to Europe, uh, Canada, United States. Uh, many came to Israel, but very few remained in Afghanistan. I think in, in uh, Kabul there were two. 
I remember that story. Right, right and like the Jewish uh, joke, yeah, they, they both <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and this was a reality there. But uh, the interesting thing, and when the one passed away, the other kept uh, his his synagogue. And this is, I think that speaks volumes about the Jewish oh, persona. No about that. <laughs> what a pleasure to meet you. My pleasure Thank as you well. so much for being here today. Thank you, and thank you to your listeners. Danny Seaman is past director of the government press office here in Israel with tremendous insight on a variety of issues this morning here at JMNAM. Thank you again. Uh, more coming up. I remind everybody we're in the midst of our Thursday of Giving, which is kicking off our annual campaign. And those of you out there who want to contribute and want to be part of this uh, uh, incredible effort. We ask that you do so. I want to thank uh, Stephen and Miriam L. Wallach, who have just donated a $1,000 donation in memory of Rabbi Dr. Abraham Mann. Miriam got up from Shiva this morning. And our um, Mechutanim, and the people with whom Bezrat Hashem we will share grandchildren, they have just donated $1,000, and I thank them very, very much. I think we've actually gotten to the 1% mark if our, of our campaign. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, excuse me, 2%. We're already at 2%, which is wonderful. And I thank everybody who's participating. Uh, go to fjbunity.org and support our annual campaign. Again, that's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, or causematch.com slash fjb22. Again, that's causematch.com slash fjb22. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Just me and my guitar Trying to find the chords to soothe the raging storm Inside my heart Across the room, there you are Spin at your piano with your fingers, boy But I'm sure where to start And I can pick a
am in the am we're in day one of our um, of our year-end campaign we call it a giving thursday and i thank all of you who have been donating and i encourage everyone to please spread the word among family and friends i do want to thank our friends at a and h i want to frank thank our friends at abel's and hyman when you go to your kosher supermarket make sure to check out the a and h display you're going to see some delicious and incredible food items I also want to thank our um, incredible staff, including Avrami Finkelstein. And I remind you that uh, Yassi Zweig has a Thursday live lunch coming up at 12, excuse me, 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Again, that's happening at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Tonight, it's going to be Mark Zamek with the Arab Shabbos Show beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And he's going to have uh, something very interesting during the show that I can guarantee you. I'm privy to something that he's going to be doing tonight that's really, really cool. So make sure to be tuned in. Again, that's 7 p.m. tonight for the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Um, that'll be encored, by the way, tomorrow at 3 a.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Right after the brand new edition of the Elmi Nachman's Table for Two. Now, here's the story. If my plane lands on time, then we are uh, thinking, then we are assuming that I'll be able to uh, get to one of our studios on time. And uh, the weekly update will begin at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow morning. That's our goal. Our goal is to get into the studio by 7.30. And believe me, Avrami, who starts Shabbos, what is it, 4 o'clock tomorrow in Israel? He, he's hoping that I get <coughs> into the studio on time. So that's going to be happening tomorrow. Uh, if not, if it's obvious that the plane is uh, not cooperating and that the schedule is not cooperating, if that becomes obvious, then we will uh, ask Avrami to do the bulk of the show, and I'll check in in some way, shape, or form uh, with an update for everybody. But that's uh, that's how things are looking right now, and um, we'll see how it works out. It's all based on the uh, on the flight, and as Moshe Daudi would say, it's based on whatever Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants. If Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants my plane to land on time, it'll land on time. If he wants it to be a few minutes late, it's going to be a few minutes late. He is, after all, the ultimate producer. Uh, Arnie says NSN programming with Nachum and his group starts us off right every single day. We're so much better with you enhancing our days. Thank you for that, and that's off the NSN app. Uh, J.A. Morris says Boker Tov. Um, some people from Nachum Siegel's side of the world are up. That's pretty funny. I'm intrigued by the beginnings of NSN as I did not listen in the early days. And yes, I do remember the Buy Israel phenomenon. I felt so proud when I bought a necklace. I actually bought it together. Um, and it also brought together Jews of all stripes, all with the mission of shopping and support. And while my heart longs to be in Israel, I'm waiting for my CPA husband to jump on board. It's a running argument in my house. So I want to be there to greet Mashiach, and he wants me to be part of that nest. In any case, I applaud NBN and the Olim. Can't wait to join the ranks. Pretty cool. Thank you for that. Listener Tikva says, saw the celebration through YouTube. What an amazing event it was. Loved listening to my two uncles talking together. Oh, that was uh, early part of the of the morning. Tadaraba Tikva and Petach Tikva. I think I might actually head to Petach Tikva later today. Yeah, I'm thinking of going to Petach Tikva today. What do you think of that? Um, <coughs> I think that should work out. Much to the... Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say that, 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 you know, because I was encouraged not to go because people know how busy my schedule is. But I, but I think I think I'm going to try to make it over there. We'll see what happens. Um, anyway, so that's the story. From there to the airport and hopefully tomorrow morning on time with a weekly update and much, much more here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't forget full schedule today, including Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show tonight beginning at 7 p.m. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. 
Uh, don't forget that our uh, day of giving, our Thursday of giving, is on right now, kicking off our 5783 year-end campaign. It's funny that I call it 5783 and at the same time call it the year-end campaign. But all right. It's like Haftet in November, you know. It's like, uh, you know. It's like a mix of the two calendars. Um, those of you who haven't yet given, uh, it's very simple, the method this year. Simpler than ever, I've been told. FJBUnity.org. That's FJBUnity.org or Causematch.com slash Causematch.com slash FJB22. Again, Causematch.com slash FJB22. You want to go on the air? You want to, No? You don't want to go on the air? I appreciate that. Nice to see you. And hello to you. Um uh, so fjbunity.org and causematch.com slash fjb22. That is the um, address. Rabbi Levy Cash, in dedication to Nahum and the rest of the staff, has just donated $100. Thank you, Rabbi Cash. He's often commenting on our app, and I appreciate that very much. Um, and uh, we welcome everybody who's, uh, who's donating. And, of course, you have until... Uh, <laughs> It's pretty funny to see the clock. 22 days left of the campaign. This is really a chilled-out campaign, to say the least. Take your time. Take your time, everybody. Say it again. I do want to say that Chava Siegel, of course, is already at 72% of her goal. And I do want to say that Benjamin Siegel is already at 72% of her goal, of his goal. Uh, let's see how Rabbi Yigal Siegel is doing with his goal. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't think there is a lower place for the percentage marker to go. <laughs> I think I think zero is the lowest it could be. I know. I'm just kidding around. Has Ralph become an ambassador yet? Has he put up a page? He, I don't know. Did I send you the thing, Ralph? Ralph, let's say for argument's sake, I would send you the link. How much of a goal would you put up on the page? Well, what do you think the goal? What do you think you'd go ahead and post as a goal for yourself? What do you think? Would it be $500? Would it be $5,000? Would it be $36,000? Would it be $360,000? Like, where do, you think, where do you think your goal would be? That maybe he'd do the half a billion for cause match. I mean, I've been told that the East Brunswick community is very generous. Very generous. So it's very possible that once you put up your page that the money's going to start flowing in. There you go. Uh, Yigal, you know, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> How about listener Cena? What can we get her to do? You think she would do, uh, she would do a page for us? <coughs> because I've been told that the people in South Florida are very, very generous, Ralph. Very, very generous. <coughs> see, Moshe Dawoodi, when I told you I wasn't feeling well back in America, you see, I haven't fully recovered yet. I want to thank broadcast engineer extraordinaire Moshe Dawoodi, who's uh, on the spot with us, making sure we're connected. And I want to thank ZK, our chief engineer in New York, who did not um, react in any negative fashion when I woke him up in the middle of the night. I totally forgot that it was the middle of the night, um, which is pretty funny, you know. But you come here and you forget that it's not the same time zone everywhere else. Thursday live lunch with Yossi Zawai coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Again, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org for the first day of our campaign. We are broadcasting from the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters here in Jerusalem. The Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Yerushalayim. More coming up at JM in the AM. אין עוד כמוך ולא יהיה 
יחיד במינו גם אין דומה שומר עליי תמיד גם כשלא נראה כך תמיד מסתדר זה הבורא בתוכי תמיד שוכן בכל פינה כמו אבן יקרה כמו פנינה נשאיר כולנו יחד באמונה ומליבנו אז תצא המנגינה וזה השיר שלי הוא רק שלך שמח בחלקי זה חלקך זה רק ממך תמיד זה רק ממך כי הכל כאן בשבילך כי הכל כאן בשבילך אם לא נביט, אז לא נראה את הטוב שמסתתר שם בקצה. נלמד גם לאהוב את השונה, ובאהבת חינם מקדש נבנה. וזה השיר שלי, הוא רק שלך. שמח בחלקי, זה חלקך. זה רק ממך תמיד. וזה השיר שלי הוא רק שלך שמח בחלקי זה חלקך ומי ישמע אותי אם לא אתה כי הכל כאן בזכותך כי הכל כאן בזכותך It's a Thursday. In fact, it's our Giving Thursday, believe it or not. Uh, go to fjbunity.org and be as generous as possible. So you meet a lot of interesting people here in Israel. And every time I take a trip here, it could be for a day or two or a month or two, I meet some fascinating individuals. Earlier, we introduced to you um, Rabbi Uri Pulachowski, who, again, a, is a familiar uh, name and person to many people in New Jersey, California, Florida, and beyond. certainly here in Israel as well. And uh, we noticed moments later that his wonderful son, Moshe Pilachowski, is roaming the building of Nefesh Benefesh. And I said, hey, Moshe, would you like to come on the air and describe to this audience what it's like to be a 14-year-old living in the Holy Land? Moshe Pilachowski, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, thank you for having me on, um, ne- on Nachum Siegel's network. I um, appreciate that. Um, well, there's nothing really about being 14. There's a little bit hard in Israel by finding a Shiva. Um, so in eighth grade, most teachers here are professionals, know a lot of yeshivot, and they try to help you get in. So one second, this means you're in eighth grade, what we would call eighth grade? Yes. And therefore, you're making a decision now for next summer, right? Yes. Where you'll be next summer. Yeah. So it sounds like, from the urgency in your voice, it sounds like this is a process you're going through right now. Yes. So how many yeshivot are being juggled? How many possibilities are there in the air right I now? I think um, in my, my, my possibilities, I have three. Okay. 
Um, are they three yeshivot that I would have heard of, or someone living in the United States probably has not heard of them? Probably not. Where They're, are they located? In what cities? Um, well, one of the um, one of them is in Yerushalayim in Barilan, right. called um, um, Dover Tov. Okay. Um, a lot of Americans go there. I don't know if anybody knows. Meaning English speakers and yeah. Right. And another one is Dat Vunot. Um, I think that's right outside Yerushalayim. That I don't know a lot about. And another one, my parents know. They don't want to tell me, though. <laughs> Interesting. I guess I don't want to put additional pressure on you. Yes. What a nice set of parents you have. So, and where are you in school now? Like, when you go to eighth grade, you're going to what area of the city or country? I go to Yerushalayim in remote. Uh-huh. So that's where the school is in remote? Yes. Northern part of Yerushalayim. Yes. Right? That takes about how long to get from your house to the school? About in the morning, about an hour and a half. Seriously? Yes. Is there a school bus or public transportation? Public transportation. So you're 90 minutes on public transportation? Yes, one way. Is that boring? Is it uh, interesting? Is it fascinating? I mean, how would you describe that experience? Every day it's different. You never know what could happen. And is that Sunday through Thursday, Sunday through Friday? Sunday through Friday. Sunday through Friday. You're on a bus for 90 minutes. On the way there, right. not including the way back. Right, and the way back is also, I assume, around that? Around like two hours. Two hours to get back home? Yes. Do your parents know you're going through this? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> How long have you been in the remote school? Is it only eighth um, grade? I've been, been there, there for two years. Doing the same routine every day? Yes. Well, well last year I used to go to, I used to um, co- um, wake up for Vatican and Davin Hanitz, and then my principal said I can't anymore. That you have to Davin in school? Yeah. Interesting. That must have been a controversy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. My dad wanted me to daven with him, and I we would daven. We would daven together and then learn, and then he would take me to school. There's no greater feeling than when I daven with my sons. Mm-hmm. It's one of my it's one of my most favorite experiences. What a shame that your father's being deprived of that now. And me. And you, if correct. Would you like me to speak to the school administrator? That would help. I would like to intervene if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> write a write a short note. They write. They read English over there. No. Oh, that's a problem. <laughs> I, don't, I may what, have to have my brother translate what, the letter for me. When I got my book report, the principal asked me to read out the, the what's called what my teacher wrote for me. Right. The teacher didn't leave such a good, nice like, comment, but I read it as a good comment, and ah, the principal believed me. Very good. <laughs> very smart. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> we're, revealing, uh, we're revealing educational strategies on the air, aren't we? <laughs> How to survive school <laughs> in 10 easy lessons with Moshe Pilachowski. Uh, so very interesting. So you have this whole thing going on, and uh, you must be—you must have a um, a unique ability to stay out of trouble if you're on public transportation for two and a half hours a day. Uh, well, I do know how to stay out of trouble. I'm very good at that. I'm, I'm a professional. But it's got to be much easier knowing that you're on a bus the entire day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what else is there to do? You have to find the buses that no one on the bus knows your family. Uh-huh. So this way, if something goes wrong, you don't have to worry about your reputation. Yeah. I'll tell you, you're, you're, you're giving me some great luck. I wish I would have met you 50 years ago. It would have been much easier for me. Uh, oh, boy, oh, boy. And, and, let's, and when it's not school and you're not on the bus, let's say you want to just do something fun, right? In fact, it's funny because right now you're next door to Cinema City. It looks like a pretty fun atmosphere. I don't know, but that's what it looks like to me, to the naked eye. You want to do something fun. What what what? Will you undertake? Where, where will you go? What would you do? What I would do in, in Israel, if I yeah, had free time in Yerushalayim, I would probably go to Yafo and just look around and walk around there. You like doing that? Yeah, sometimes. Window so- shopping? Yeah. Seeing what people are doing, the musicians on the street? So- sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Yafo, I'm going to window shop, and then it's like, oh, my God, look, I have found change in my pocket. 
And then I come home and I what? don't have any change in my pocket. What's the strangest? That's strange. What's a, some, tell me something unique you've seen on the street. Where, where was it? The musicians or street performers that um, you sometimes see or. So there's a lot of like um, um, Tnot Noir, which is like teenagers that go out um, and raise money for like people that have special needs. Right. So like they all do dances and like they do cool stuff. Just to raise money for the cause. Yeah. Very nice. And where's your favorite place to eat? Like if you want to just get a great snack or my favorite pizza or falafel or something I had never heard of. Like tell me, give me a recommendation. I have time before I go to the airport. Where should I go? Um, my favorite bagel store that my Zadie t- um, showed me yeah. is um, b- um, Sam's Bagels in Yafo. Here in your slime? Yes. Very good. Really delicious. Yep. Very nice. And, and is it, in fact, the bagel that I'm getting there, or is there some other yeah. dish? There's bagel with locks. Now, now I know why I pays to go with your grandfather. You're getting a bagel with locks. I can break the bank. I mean, <laughs> you want to you make sure you go with an adult and doesn't mind buying it for you. <laughs> Very nice. So that's it. And what about, uh, we? I don't know if I would made this clear earlier in this conversation, but I certainly made it clear when your father was on the air. You're living in Mitzpah Yericho. Yes. Is there any place there that's, you know, nice to snack on? or? Well, there's only two places to eat. One is a pizza shop and one is a McCollette. And the McCollette always overprices. (laughs) You may want to speak to the city leadership about that, by the way. If only I knew who that was. If only you only knew who that was. And, and what about the pizza shop? Is that is that worth the value? Are you getting a good value for your shekel at the pizza shop? Um, I think so. Yes. Okay, very good. So at least so fifty percent of the Mitzvah Yericho places are getting good Yelp reviews from Moshe Pilichowski. All right, Baruch Hashem. And on Pesach, right before they close the the store, they have like a ton of shawarmas and stuff, and a ton of meat in the hot pizza dogs. place. Yeah, not in the pizza, like right next to it. But it's the same owner. They go into a different line of work before Pesach. Yes. With different offerings. Yes. Just, uh, just to change things up, or, or because the pizza's chametz. Oh, I've just been look, listen to this. Your father has suggested that I come the week before Pesach to see this whole thing going on over there at that very interesting pizza shop, which is called what, by the way? What's the name of that pizza shop in Mitzvah Yericho? Is there a name? I don't think it has a name. Just it doesn't even have open hours. They just decide. <laughs> All right. Well, we wanted a comprehensive report. We got a comprehensive report. I can tell you that much. Anything else you'd like to tell this audience? Are you familiar? Because I, I'm, a, I'm just calculating here. You've been in Israel since the age of six, seven? Um, six, yeah. Six years old. So do you remember a lot of the United States or not so much? I remember. I don't remember any other cities except for Florida. I remember everything in Florida. Well, I don't remember anymore because the owner that bought our house destroyed it. Whoa. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. It wasn't an easy night when I heard about that. Yeah, sounds like you suffered a little bit of trauma from that. Yeah, it was really hard. Boy, oh boy. And that was in Boca itself, right? Yes. Understood. And what do you remember from the U.S.? Aside from the house, do you remember, uh, I don't know, any of the the great eateries in Florida? You know, they're famous for their kosher food down there. Anything there? uh, No, I don't remember. Do you remember remember going to school down there? I remember the only thing I remember eating is two things. One, in the middle of the night, I would wake up all the time, and I would go to a snack drawer, and I would take out the croutons. And I would just snack on them all the time. Interesting. I even have a picture at our house just like of me, like my mom catching me, my underwear just eating croutons. I'm a big crouton snacker. I'm usually fully clothed, but I'm a, I'm a crouton snacker. And what was the other thing you remember eating? And I remember on Shabbos morning, me and my father, before we left to shul, we would have a pizza with, um, with trina. Very nice. And Tabasco. Oh, wow. You like you like the uh, you like the hot stuff, huh? Because I wanted to be like my father, even though my tongue was burning every time I took another dip in the trina. 
goes straight to your sinuses, huh? Mm-hmm. Boy, oh, boy. But Ashkenazim are born for spicy stuff, just like Timani, but we're, like, better. We eat better hot stuff. Oh, that's funny. I I regard myself as an Ashkenazi, and I, don't, I can't tolerate the spicy stuff. Moshe, this has been quite an encounter. Uh, I believe we've made radio history with this conversation. I, in fact, I will be sending a recording this direct or this directly to the National uh, Broadcasting Hall of Fame. That's where this is going. Uh, and we'll look. And you and I will joke about this years from now. We'll look yeah. back at this conversation. And you'll say to yourself or to me, "Wow, did I really say that?" <laughs> That's what's going to be happening years from now. Anyway. Uh, help me remind the audience that it's time to support our show. Could you yes. do that? Can you tell everybody it's time to support the show? Okay, guys. Um, how, how do I do that? Uh, they just go to the website. I'll take care of that. You just tell everybody to support the show. That's everybody, right. please donate some money and um, support the show because you, um, you don't get a lot of me. And if you want more of me, <laughs> you have to get some more tickets for Nachum to come back to Israel. There you go. All right. Well, Moshe Tadarabah. Thank you. How's my Hebrew accent? Pretty good, huh? Yeah. You heard that? Tadarabah. Pretty good, right? Yeah, very good. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Uh, all right. We're set to wrap things up here on a Thursday morning broadcast. It is, in fact, uh, <laughs> I promised you guests that we don't normally get, and I was proven correct. Um, our day of giving uh, has a website, excuse me, fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. Go to the website and support us and participate in our annual campaign, fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org. Rabbi Yigal Siegel, I cannot thank you enough. This was really another wonderful show. What was that? That was was radio gold that we discovered, like, you know, we're walking in the desert, and all of a sudden we turn to our right and we see a pile of gold. That's what just happened. (laughs) the strangest thing my gosh remember that name ladies and gentlemen you heard him here first yes my combi should love a cold play who you call a zigzag anyway my big big thank you to Moshe Dawoodi who is broadcast engineer extraordinaire those of you who wonder how my show gets aired on Radio Coldplay Sunday through Wednesday at 6 p.m., it's because of Moshe Dawoodi, so Tadaraba. Big thank you to Rabbi Yigal Siegel. Thank you. Thank you to listener Ralph, listener Sina, Tadaraba, listener Sarah. Thank you to Yael Katzman, Tadaraba, Tadaraba. We're so quiet. Thank you to Rabbi Fast. Thank you to everybody here. Oh, the IT staff was really helpful to us here, so thank you to them. Tony Kramer. Kramer, thank you to uh, ZK for letting me wake him up. <laughs> and uh, Moshe brought our remote unit here. Everything we own in Israel is here today, right? This is everything we have. So now we could sh- we could take stock and figure out what we need or don't need. Um, so thanks. Take care of that. Thanks very much there, Rabbi. <laughs> And uh, that's that. I'm on my way out, and uh, hopefully I will speak to you next uh, from the uh, from the other side, as we say, from 6,000 miles away. Keep those donations coming in. We deserve it, and I mean that after 39 years. We really do deserve to keep this network going. Donate in honor of Moshe Polchowski's debut in the air. Correct. Donate in honor of his eateries. <laughs> so you can go to the <laughs> So you can go to the which I don't know if you know, but it's really overpriced. <laughs>
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM in the AM. We are back tomorrow, please God, in New York City. Join us then. Keep the momentum going with our fundraiser at fjbunity.org. And a special thank you to all of our great guests during our broadcast today. And a big thank you to our Brummy and to Egal and to everybody responsible for this wonderful broadcast, especially our chairman. Our chairman said, I will chair your broadcast from Israel now. I'm just tell me when it is. And I finally told him when it was. Today on the 8th of December. And I thank him very, very much. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.